Welcome to Tidolo. Oh, good again. Welcome to Tidolo. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're killing What's me, bro. good with hey. you, bro? <laughs> yeah. Hey, drink some more beer. TD Podcast here, C8, K Morg, just the two two guys that can fucking show up on a regular basis now. Huh? It's hard to find reliable co-hosts these days. Well, when your salaries are as big as ours, it's really hard to afford like secondary fillers. Yeah, like why would I pay for the anyone else? No, everyone's paying for us. Like our sponsors. Well, I get that the sponsors are paying for us, but like the other guys, like. No one listens to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. That's the point. So it's kind of like, it's kind of pointless for us to even have anyone else. True. So last episode was Bolds, obviously. Thank you guys for the great feedback with it. We had a ton of views, a um, ton of shares. Uh, one of our biggest episodes to date. So continue to do that. Keep liking on um, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're listening to on. Share our stuff on Instagram. We love it. Um, we want to keep doing this for you guys as long as possible. We can't do it without you guys. So. Uh, with that being said, it is the month of June. Month of June does not have a lot of sports. We just wrapped up the NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors winning that. Um, NHL. NHL. Carl- which, I, which I kind of want to get into at some point in my life. Isn't the NHL like... Have you ever gambled on the NHL? No. Like, it's the best. I don't think I've ever bet a single game. Betting hockey in hockey playoffs, excuse me, might be the most... Might be the best gambling experience you can have. Because it's fun? Because it's fun and you can really get an understanding. Like, if you just watch the series a little bit, you kind of like get a feel for what's going to happen. See, like, I, I honestly haven't sat down and watched a hockey game on TV, maybe ever. I only do if I gamble on it. That literally would be the only reason to. And like, I, I've been live. I love it live. You know what I mean? I'm all in. Yeah. I think if I go more, and you know, I actually commit myself to doing it, I could like it. Because like these months, I need something in these months. June's brutal. You know, once the the draft wraps up for uh nfl you're kind of like in no man's land we had a couple otas but the storylines and otas weren't huge i mean they're in shorts well, just fucking running yeah around. it's may may and june it's may tough. and june and then july we're gonna we get training camp i think we're a month out exactly from training camp everyone's releasing their training camp days yeah, so. so we're about what 70 days from a game yeah just about a little less for college football which i mean i'm starting to get we talked about the other day but we're starting to get excited for college football like real excited it sounds like it's around the corner and you know, we're still getting some big-time recruits, and, um, you know, let's get into the news a little bit of what's been been happening in college football and NFL lately. Um, I think since last time we talked, we didn't know what was going on with Deshaun Watson. His still don't. He- his hearing is wrapping up this well, week. that'll probably be a topic that we're going to get into. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, yeah, because we're going to go over some topics today. Well, really, the basis of this agenda today is we kind of don't really have an agenda. Right. It's kind of like... The way I kind of pictured it, this podcast kind of going in our head today is like two dudes that haven't talked sports in a while are just going to talk sports. And and that's what I mean. I don't. I know you are kind of similar to who I am, but we listen to a lot of podcasts on a regular basis. And right now it's just like they aren't doing much. They're not giving us enough content for, you know, maybe they cut back on their episodes of the summer like we kind of have or, you know, they're just not really giving to us what we need. So I'm listening to a fucking Bengals podcast that's talking about who's going to win the fifth receiver job. It's like, what are we talking about right now? Yeah. Like, there's just nothing. So, you know, there is big topics going into this year. Who is it, Irwin? 
I mean, it's probably going to be Stanley Morgan, but that's that's besides the point. So, but you're still locked in yeah, on that, though. Michael Thomas or Stanley Morgan, <laughs> four, four or five. So, but you know, we want to give you guys what we think are the best, you know, topics or storylines going into the rest of this calendar year or season. You know, um, baseball's far underway. Um, there's not much there for me as far as baseball goes. I didn't know if you had anything on the baseball. I'll side be completely things. honest. I have, you know, 12 headlines for us all revolving around college football, NFL, and UFC. I, yeah, I have 10, and nine of them are that. And, but I don't have any for the MLB because we're halfway through, and I'm sick of the NBA. Like, you turn on SportsCenter nowadays, it's all M- NBA free agency, and I can care less about their yeah, free agency. not. Basketball just isn't what it used to be. That's my only comment. All right. So last thing I want to get into, like, on a news basis-wise that we haven't talked about is um, recent commit to the University of Miami quarterback. Well, dude, we're going to talk NILs and stuff. Well, is that part of it? That's part. That's one of my headlines. Okay. Like the whole Florida situation, too? I just want to see if you want to comment. situation? How Florida, they claim that Florida offered such and such and there was a violation. I didn't hear that part. So basically, he committed to the University of Miami for $9 million, they said. Yeah. They said the University of Florida was offering him $7 million, Okay. Or potentially more, maybe. Maybe it was more than Miami. Okay. And he... And he went to Miami for whatever circumstances he was getting. Sure. And that's a direct violation of what they said the NIL is. NIL can't be, like, you can't buy players. And that's essentially what he said that happened, is that Miami bought, like, was paying more. So he went to Miami over Florida, which yeah, now we it, can start getting some shit about that. Yeah, like, but it's violation still always going to get around the horn somehow because it's going to be an NIL collective from Miami in some way, shape, or form. I just want to see if you heard that that story. I don't see it being a violation, but we'll talk NIL. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk NIL. Like we said, have... We're just going to go back and forth on massive headlines right now. Yeah, so we're going to go back and forth where our biggest storylines going in the year, as I mentioned. And then second half of the show, we're going to get into a massive UFC card we have this week in which I'm really excited about because we haven't had a good UFC talk in, in a minute. And I actually thought our last UFC talk was great. It was. So um, what's your first topic you got for us? Well, I was thinking you could just start us off with Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest topic in – NFL right now for sure. I think he's done for the year. You think it's you think it's done for the year? Yeah, I. They're getting so much backlash in the NFL, and um, we talked about what happened to Bauer in the MLB. Mm-hmm. I just think there's too it's too sensitive of a subject, and Goodell has to drop the hammer. Did you watch Goodell in his uh, Congress or in front of Congress yeah. about the Washington Commanders like? He's in a ton of shit already. Like, he's already face in the fucking gravel with these guys. So, I think he has to make a point. You think Deshaun isn't... He's an example. He's what he's what Trevor Bauer is to the MLB. He has to be because there's already, a, a, like, a persona out there that NFL does not give a fuck about women. Right? And they're trying to change that by bringing female coaches in, female refs, which, whatever. Like, we've had our own opinions about that. But... With the fact, like, there's been domestic abuse cases all over, mm-hmm. and the punishment just doesn't seem to fit. Like, they're not giving the hammer on these guys like they should. And now you have that whole allegation against Dan Snyder with Redskins, Washington football team, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Yeah. And he gets no repercussions from that whatsoever with the whole cheerleader bullshit. But now he's going to get repercussions because he might have still stole money from season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. So it's like... They NFL really doesn't give a shit about women. They give a shit about money. So that persona is starting to get a lot of heat for Goodell and the NFL. 
I think he has to come strong on Deshaun. So you think it's a year? I think it's indefinitely with a minimum year. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, I could see the year. You know, I mean, as far as like the criminal charges, it seems like it's gone away. Uh, so there, I think what like twenty three of them have been settled at this something point. Something like that. I think twenty of twenty three were settled. Yeah, and like, they released the names of the other ones that weren't. But that doesn't mean anything because Trevor Bauer, you know, he got yeah got cleared of everything. Yeah, non guilty. So it's it's just, I don't know, I. I th- I think I think a year. I think he's out this year. I think he is. That's too. what my gut would say. I I'll, I would see him playing the following season. I just think he's out this year. So that mean that would be two full years that he's been out. Yeah, which is wild. It's crazy. So if he is, let's say he is suspended indefinitely or for the year, do you think they're telling the truth? with Jacoby Brissett's going to be the guy for the year? Yeah, like I don't think Baker plays for the Browns this year. I heard Jimmy G would be a landing spot if this so you, comes down. If that happens, you're telling me the Browns are all in on winning right now. They have to be, right? Like, their I mean, roster is good enough to win right well, they, now. They are good. But, like, Jacoby Brissett, no one believes that they're winning the division with Jacoby Brissett. No. You know? Jimmy G gives them a chance, at least. I don't yeah. think they win the division. I still think they're the third best team in that division with Jimmy G. But they're possibly the fourth best team with Jacoby Brissett with Pittsburgh. In my mind. So, if you go get Jimmy G for what, what's left on his deal? One, two years? Yeah. You go get him for the rest of the Deshaun Watson dilemma, then. I don't know. I just don't know if they have enough capital at this point. What's it going to cost, though? I don't think it's going to cost a lot for, for Jimmy at this point, I especially think it's gonna so cost late. Decent. I think it's going to be decent because I think, like, Initially, with all the quarterbacks moving and him staying, you know, it didn't look good. But now, shit's unraveling. People know their teams a little bit more. I think it's going to be somewhat decent. I don't think it's going to be, like, a first-round pick, maybe, but... I don't think a first or a second. I think it could be a second. I think it's a three at best. I think it could be a second. The thing is, the Browns did use all their capital to get Deshaun. Money, cap, picks, everything. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to see how that unfolds the next few weeks before training camp, because... I've listed some things that Jimmy's going to get moved before training camp. So, well, that, you know, his shoulder's healing up on schedule. So right. it sounds like he's going to be ready by training camp. So, yeah, we'll see. That fucks my bolds of I thought Jimmy was going to start for the Niners. Listening back, I was like, why the fuck did I say that? Trey Lance is the guy. You said he's going to start for I the thought Niners. he would start for well, the Brandon Niners. Brandon said he's going to start. He's going to win 11 games for the Niners. That was really fucking dumb. But it's not if he's the starting quarterback. Like, right. that's the fuck part about you guys on that one. You guys snuck those in there because if he's a starter... I don't guys, even think he's there for a preseason. I think he's gone. I don't know. As an Iron fan, I don't know. Because I, like, I go back and forth on what teams would even be a landing spot for him. Um, all right. But so, now we're talking Jimmy G, so move on. What's your first headline? First headline. Which uh, college football quarterback on a new team will have the most success and who will have the least? Okay. So I'm going to give you 10 of them. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. Which one do you think is going to be the best? Which one do you think is going to be the worst? Okay. Uh, you have Qu- Quinn Ewers at Texas. Okay. Caleb Williams at USC. Mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. Okay. Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. Keaton Slovis at Pitt. Adrian Martinez at Kansas State. Bo Nix at Oregon. JT Daniels at West Virginia. Max Johnson at Texas A&M, who may or may not be the guy. <laughs> and Jackson Dart. Miss. 
Can I see that paper? Yeah. You just, like, you expect me just to have... I mean, I thought you were pretty dialed in, but I guess No, not. I don't pay attention to a lot you say. Um, I won't look at any of their nonsense. We'll have the most... So, I'm just going one best, worst? One, the, your best guy and your worst guy to ten. So, I'm literally ranking these guys. You okay. can have a comment of, you know, a guy in the middle somewhere or close... Yeah, so, I'm going to have Qu Quinn Ewers near the top or the top. Top three in that group. Like, top three or one. Okay. Like, I think Quinn Ewers... You think he balls the fuck out? I think he could ball the fuck out this year. I can't wait for our college football breakdown episode. I think he could ball the fuck out this okay. year. Okay. Like, if he is as advertised, he could ball the fuck out this year. He, he pulls a CJ Stroud. Where, you know, Quinn Ewers is behind him, right? CJ Stroud, a lot of pressure. We talked about it last year on college football. Like, Quinn Ewers is going to play eventually. He never does because CJ Stroud starts balling out. Like... Quinn Ewers balls out this year. Arch Manning not going to play next year. We'll get to Arch Manning in a little bit. Yeah, we will. We haven't talked about him yet. Um, Caleb Williams. Interesting. I have him three to five. To me, he has to be top three because... He can be special. Like, he can be special. And the receivers are so fucking good. Like, dumb-loaded, yeah. Yeah, so it's like... And he's got the same coach. It's not like he's learning a new system. Like, it makes sense for him to be successful. Playing lesser competition, potentially? Like... Would you say that? Is the pack that much yeah, worse no, than the Big 12 I, no. last year? I mean... No, I guess you're right on that. We'll see. Dylan Gabriel, I have, honestly, like, mid-low-ish. I agree with that. I... I get it. He's been good, but has he been that good? I think he's going to get benched at some point oh, this year. Oh, Jesus. Like, That's kind of bold. You think so? I think it's kind of bold. I mean, considering like you go, you transfer to be the guy. He was a guy at UCF. Don't get me wrong, but Oklahoma's a whole other level. We'll see. And they lost so much, so I don't know if the team will be that good either. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Rattler. I kind of am buying into Spencer Rattler. I kind of think he blows up. I kind of – like he I'm wasn't kind of that blowing. bad last year. I know. Like, he, just, he just wasn't. He wasn't the, the year before. He, he wasn't, wasn't the year before. Guy. Kyler. He wasn't Baker. Right. He wasn't uh, Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of think he might be fucking good this year. He might blow up. <laughs> he might blow the fuck up. South Carolina might blow the fuck up. Wow. Like, I don't Boom. know. I'm kind of dialed. Keaton Slovis. I don't know. I I I'm almost falling off. My, I, I'm almost thinking lower end. My only thing with him is. The expectations at Pitt might be unrealistic because of the year Kenny Pickett had. So I don't want Maybe. him. To, he, if they expect more than what he is, he's going to struggle a little bit. But he's not bad. Like I don't know. He's not bad. Pitt didn't lose a ton outside of their quarterback and receiver. Like two, the rest of their team, I mean, two yeah, two of their best players. I get it, but like the rest of their team isn't bad. So we'll see. I'm. I just don't think he. I don't think he is that good. Okay. I think he's okay. I don't think he's great though. Adrian Martinez is the worst quarterback on this list. Really? I think he's fucking terrible. And Kansas State's going to be awful then. Yeah. All if right. he's their starting quarterback, yeah. All right. Kansas State isn't awful as a program, but he is awful. Like I think Nebraska last year with a better quarterback would have been better. I thought Kansas State was like a decent team. They actually were a decent they team were in decent the first team. half of the year, mm -hmm. and then they fell off a cliff like right on their face. Oh, yeah. Like That'll they happen. were a team like I was kind of riding for a little bit. They always play the tough teams really well, and yeah. they lose the game. Where it's like, why Good the fuck defense. did you lose to them? They're always like that. Bo Nix at Oregon. See, I've been a Bo Nix hater, but he had a decent year last year. 
I don't even know if he's going to win the job, considering they've got a five-star quarterback that's really good behind him. Yeah. Thompson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, like, he's fucking good. So, I don't know if Bonex plays there. Like, we'll see. He didn't, he didn't transfer there to sit, though, after the year he had. No one does, but at the end of the day, if, if it happens, it happens. You know? Fair. We'll see. Uh, JT Daniels. I've always been a JT Daniels guy. Yeah. I could see him blowing up this year. Yeah, I think he's in a good spot, West Virginia. Like, outside of injuries, he's been the guy on every team. Yeah. He just gets hurt everywhere. So it's like, are you going to be healthy this year, or are you going to be a guy? So yeah. we'll see. He's like 32 on his eighth year in college football, so we'll see what happens. Max Johnson, Texas a I actually think Max Johnson's pretty good. Yeah, you've been on him. You and B were on him. He's kind, he's kind of a baller. Like, lefty out of LSU last year, like, he could sling it. Just always hurt. He got banged up, and he was on a bad LSU team. You know, yeah, he had, a, they he were had bad. one good receiver. You know, his offensive line wasn't great last year. Like, I think he's pretty good. We'll see what happens at Texas A&M. They have about three guys that are going to play there. So, right. who knows what's going to happen there. But, again, as you said, you don't go there to you don't go, you don't right. transfer to sit. So, right. we'll see. Uh, Jackson darted Ole Miss, another mystery. Um, he's in the right system. Lane Kiffin, he's in the right offense. So, he should be successful, but... For some reason, I don't think he's going to be that good. I love Jackson Dart. Really? Yeah, I you're all about him. I'm not a Ken, Kenan Slovis guy or Keaton Slovis. Yeah. I'm a Jackson Dart guy. Jackson Dart can fucking sling the rock. All right. You can sling. Was he a true freshman last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good athlete. I think he was like a four or five star. And No, he was a dude. He was at the same high school as uh, Zach Wilson yeah. in Utah. Utah. He played so baseball, too. Yeah. He, was a, like, he wasn't the number one guy out of high school, but... He's a big recruit for USC to get. So him. your worst guy is Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez is your yep. best guy. Quinn yours. Wow, guy who hasn't taken a snap and called has football. not. I haven't seen him play a single down. But if if he is as good as advertised, and if if it all leads you know to Texas being back, he might be really fucking good. Three former and one current USC quarterback on this list. Yeah. It's pretty nice. They always have good quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. What you got? What do you got next? I'll stay in college football. I didn't right. think you'd go college football first, but can, can Lincoln Riley take USC back to a national championship? And when, slash when, and what is a good versus disappointing season this year? Do I think they can win it all this year? No. No, uh, they're not going to. I mean, anything could happen. Right. But... What's a disappointing versus good season, successful season this year for him? Um, ten wins success. Um, nine wins, you're like, okay, that's progress. Anything less than nine is kind of disappointing. Um, I think they can win the pack. I do. Okay. I, I, I don't see talent-wise. I think Utah is going to slap the fuck out of them. Do you? Yeah. People talk about SC's defense that they can't play defense. I think they're going to play a little bit better defense this year. Why do we think that? Considering Lincoln Riley hasn't figured they're it out. They're getting Oklahoma. recruits on on that side of the ball. I know. I mean, I mean, I know they did Oklahoma too, um, but it's not like none of the teams at Oklahoma played defense. Like they flash stretches of playing decent defense. Well, we thought Oklahoma last year's defense was going to be really disappointing. They were terrible. But at the end of the year, they end up finishing really strong on the defense side of the ball. I mean, in games, like, I mean, you look at the Texas game, that was fucking ridiculous. But they, they flashed it. And I think if the big key with SC, if they can stop the run week in, week out, and especially like a team like Utah, who was like a throwback, 
kind of tough team. Tough as fuck. It's gonna they're that's gonna give them fits. And that game's in Utah this year. Well it's year. like it's like last year when Utah just beat the shit out of Oregon twice. Right. And I was just like, fuck you. Right. Just like that that's what I think is Utah versus USC. I, I could this see year. that. The problem with Utah is like they'll fucking lose to like Arizona State. Yeah, they'll fuck it up. They'll fuck it up. So SC could still win. Yeah. No, and you see they're up. changing the the rules for the pack. Yeah. The top two teams I overall. Instead of the north and south. Which I love it. That gives SC the chance to win ACC's the pack. ACC's doing it, too. Oh, did they? They did it, too. Announced it today that they're doing for 2023. It, but the pack's doing it this year, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. So the next year for the ACC. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I think 10 wins is a good year for SC. Get into a big bowl game. Like, you know, get into not in the college football playoff. But, but get ultimately, it. you think Lincoln Riley can do it. Oh, hell yeah. What's that? Like, what? Why can't he recruit at SC like he did Oklahoma when they were a playoff team? They got slaughtered, but they still go in the playoffs. But can he win? Can he win the national championship at USC? They obviously got to play better defense than he taught at Oklahoma. Like, I know he's an offensive-minded coach. They got to do a better job on the defense side of the ball. Like, n- like no excuses for that. But, yeah, why? Like, Saban's got to die eventually. Like, maybe. At some. <laughs> At some point, Maybe. right? So Lincoln Riley would pull some shit, then go to Alabama. <laughs> oh, he would be, he would be that guy. He'd I, be like, you know what? Alabama. He would do it. You don't leave SC for another college job. I mean, we didn't think a lot of guys would leave Oklahoma for anything. We didn't think guys would leave Notre Dame for anything. Like it just happens. You don't know what's going on in these fucking coaches' heads. Apparently, when you're living None in Norman, do. Oklahoma, or if you're fucking living in Palos Verdes, it's going to be a making really good money i don't like Pete Carroll went to the nfl like you don't see coaches but he he only left because of scandals yeah he would have stayed there forever mm-hmm. like coaches don't leave sc when they're they're established they get something fucking good fired they get fired they fucking suck <laughs> yeah if you suck you get fired but if you're good he'll be there for, he'll be there forever and he'll win if he wins a national championship he will yeah if he doesn't win a national championship or go to the playoff when how many years three how many years do you have Yes, three. Three years to go to a playoff. Yeah. With that amount of money? Fuck yeah. Can he do it in three years? Yeah. Okay. We're thinking possibility this year. Like, it's not, like, outlandish with Caleb Williams. Jordan Addison. I Jordan. mean, Mario Williams. They are loaded. They have three legit running backs. Loaded. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just matter. Honestly, it's a matter of they stop the run. They're going def- to have athletes in secondary who are a little unproven. And they got some good pass rushers back. All right. We'll see. So, all right. What do you have? Um, NFL. Let's go to the NFL. Let's talk about how good these young quarterbacks are, and specifically, Joe it, Burrow in the AFC. In the AFC, have yeah, Burrow. Okay. What? The question is going. It's kind of not really a question, but what's your thoughts on the AFC? How it's so loaded. What's going to be the difference maker to a team that? Could be the number one seed, or could come out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl, um, based on, you know, like there's so many good quarterbacks. What's going to be the difference maker? Uh, it's going to be offensive line play and defense. Okay, that's. I mean, I think that's always the X factor. Okay, or your Patrick Mahomes. Like you, you think he's that much better than everyone else? He can. Carry I do. Stuff. Right. Yes. Okay. I do. I don't know if everyone else believes that. I think Mahomes is that level. 
I think the rest of the guys still need something. Like Tom Brady, if he was on... It's like the Colts back in the day. Peyton Manning's Colts. They were fucking terrible on defense. Yeah. Like, they fucking sucked on defense. They had Dwight Free and Robert Mathis coming off the edge. The rest of their team were fucking terrible. It was like, we're going to give up 30, but we can at least score 45, so we'll be okay. That's how the Colts were. You know what I mean? And, like, that's how I think Mahomes is now. I think every other quarterback still needs something. Which quarterback are you taking not named Patrick Mahomes in the AFC? <sighs> to do what? To run your franchise, to run your team. Like, if you're a team Starting a franchise? Yeah, you're starting a team. You got Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, um, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, uh, Tua, Lamar Jackson, your boy Ryan Tannehill. I I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Um, It's hard. Trevor Lawrence. Stop. Zach Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um. Based on what we've seen, it has to be Josh Allen. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and I'm not even a Josh Allen person, but like, it's Allen and then probably Herbert. But I don't know if Allen's good enough to win the whole thing, though. I don't know. I have a topic on the Bills later, but all right, I just don't know. All right, but yeah, what do you what do you think is this was the difference maker? Um, I think a lot of these guys can overcome an average offensive line play. Um. It's going to be a defense. We saw it. Like I think a defense is key because you saw it in that Bills-Chiefs playoff game. Josh Allen played a near-perfect game, and they lost because they couldn't get a single stop on defense. Yeah. And the coin flip, essentially. But then we saw the Bengals lose because of poor offensive line. Yeah. And then, what, the year before the Chiefs lost because of a poor offensive line. That, that, great defense. That's you true. Know? Like, I mean. I think, I think those two factors is what every team needs. And, like, we've even seen, like, the Patriots. I'm going Patriots, Colts back in the day again. Patriots back in the day were great on defense, great offensive line, Tom Brady, right? But their receivers weren't elite until they got Randy Moss, Wes Welker. The offense wasn't elite until then. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Who, who was those guys back in the day? It was like, uh, fuck, I can't think of someone. Slayton. I don't even know their names yeah. right off the top of my head. <laughs> they were just a, random guys. Yeah. They and they were some, winning Super Bowls with them. Yeah. They, yeah. That was... They were a defensive first team, and the, the NFL is so much different than that nowadays. It but is, but it's not. It's going to be so fun to watch these quarterbacks battle each other every week. Like every week, you're gonna have a good quarterback matchup in the AFC. Like just the AFC West alone, like those quarterbacks are loaded. So my next topic is who's gonna win the AFC East? East or West? AFC West. Sorry. West. I mean, I we talked about that. it on bolds. I mean, we made our picks. Yeah. Uh, um, but I think that's the biggest. I think that's a huge headline. Like everyone's talking about it. Everyone's Turn talking on Sports about Center. It. Who's going to win the AFC West? Um, I like the Chargers, man. I, I I like the Chargers. I think they're the most complete team in that division. Um, you know, you look at Kansas City. Their secondary is going to be a question mark. Their receiving core is going to be a question mark. Uh, really good offensive line. You know, we'll see about the running game and obviously the quarterback plays unbelievable. Um, so we can go position group by let's do that. Let's go position group by position group and who you give the edge to on every team in the AFC West. Okay. Uh quarterback. Chiefs. Chiefs. I'm I'm gonna go Chiefs as well. Yeah. Uh running game. Running game. Uh I'm gonna go Denver. Javante Williams, Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon, I think edges out. I mean, you're not an Eckler guy. 
I'm not at all. I, you're I, I you're think, not a Clyde. I think it's the Raiders. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. I'm not saying Drake. just based on the running backs. I just think they offensive line, all of the above, run the ball the best. See, I think it's the Broncos. I'll get the Broncos okay. there. Offensive line. Probably Chiefs now. I'm going to go Chargers. I think the Chargers now. Sean Slater, like, those guys are – they paid a, a center. I, I think uh, – but the Chiefs are really good too. Yeah. Receiving core. Fuck. Including tight ends? Like, yeah. receivers. Because you're including tight ends. Jesus. It's got to be the Raiders. It's not the Chiefs. Chargers have a very good argument. Yeah. Broncos have a decent argument, but it's Chargers or Raiders, and I, I'd take Raiders. Devontae Adams. You get Devontae Adams with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I mean, there's yeah. Yeah. Keenan Allen's a little long in the tooth. I love Keenan Allen. I love I know, Mike I love Williams. Williams. Um, and then they got Gerald Everett, tight end. And then they got they got some other receivers too. Like those, it's not a two man crew. No, Josh Palmer, he's good. Yeah, you know they've got guys, but you want to talk elite? You have a top five, arguably top three receiving tight end and the number one receiver. Here's the good one: defensive line. Who are you giving the edge to? So you got Bosa and Mac with the Chargers. Yeah. You got Mad Max and Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones with the Raiders, and then you got the interior rush with Clark with Kansas City and Denver's always had a Chris Jones Chris Jones that's yeah. Chris Jones yeah sorry Chris Jones and then uh, Broncos have a solid that's not their strength I would say yeah but um, I'm gonna go Raiders there I'm gonna lean towards the Raiders just cause consistency over yes, the course just of the season. health we haven't seen Mac play a full season in probably three years now and Bosa misses a few games Bosa misses games yeah they're more complete as well Mad Max is great in the run and the pass Bose is more of a pass rusher. Same with Mac, so I'm gonna go Raiders there. Okay, um, secondary. We'll skip linebackers. No one gives a fuck about linebackers in the NFL anymore. Okay. Secondary. Oh, Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos are loaded. Broncos are fucking loaded. But in secondary. I'm gonna go Chargers. They get J.C. Jackson, Asante yeah. Samuel Jr. Yeah. Like that's a good secondary. I think the Broncos secondary is fucking nasty. Pat Sertain. Pat Sertain, Justin Simmons. Like, they're fucking nasty. They're, that's good. That's, that's a good one as well. Yeah. All right. Last one. Head coach. Oh. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah, Andy I, didn't, I didn't get to the Chiefs in my head yet, but it's Andy yeah. Reid. So, I mean, it's pretty widespread for me. I mean, I think I said the Broncos like least. Is Actually, this... I don't even know if I said the Chargers. Yeah, I don't know if you did either. I mean, you mentioned them on a few I meant, like, they're, like, number two and everything. For me, the yeah. Chargers have to prove it. That's it. All right. They, I thought they were. I thought they could have won it last year, and they didn't. So, it's like, like, they could beat Kansas City, but they could lose to the fucking Jets. Like, yeah. that's the Chargers. Is this the best division in football of all time? No. NFC West last year was. Yeah, except Seattle ended up shit in the bed. Yeah, but, no, two years ago. It was unreal. All, all right. right, let's move on. My next one, right? You did. Yeah, eight. that was me. All right, this is good. We're gonna stay with the um, NFL. Okay. Do you see the certain teams who have used the Rams method going into this season, the free agency heavy, working with these teams? Free, so I'm gonna give you free agency heavy slash trading draft. Yeah. And so shit. the Raiders, the okay. Chargers, the Browns, okay, the Broncos, uh-huh. the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. 
do you see that type of method working? Obviously, those teams got better and they did really well in the offseason. Do you see that turning, translating into wins how it did, per se, the Rams just loading up talent through trades? You know my thoughts on I this. Know. You I know. You know my thoughts on this. And like I said, this is why I kind of wanted a third here today, but it's like it's not sustainable. And it's a shot in the dark if you win it. If you win it, this is like the first time we've ever seen a team actually yeah. have it happen. Yeah. You don't see it often. That's what. That's my piece on it. But if you fucking get one, no, you it's get one. It's worth, worth it. it. Of course, you get one. It's worth it. You win a Super Bowl. It changes your entire franchise, city, everything. Yeah. However, we haven't seen this work until the Rams did it. So you don't think it's a new wave? You think it's a. And you I situation. could see people going for it. But here's the thing. It's like, look at the Browns. Like, it's not like they did it multiple, multiple times. Like, Rams did it with, like, they went all in Ramsey. They went all in Stafford. They went all in, like, on a few things where it's like the Browns are just going to Sean Watson. They've, majority of the time, I'd say it would say, well, built through the through the draft. Yes, from being terrible over a course of a while. Same with the Dolphins. Like, they were terrible for so long, and they've accumulated well, so many draft picks that they just got to No, it. the Browns have been doing it for years. They just have been doing shitty. What else have they done? They did Odell Beckham, the Jarvis Landry. Eh. That was your- did, yeah, did Landry trade there? Yeah, from the Dolphins. They traded him. They traded for him there. Mm-hmm. Once they got Landry, then they got Odell. You know, they got Austin Hooper from Atlanta, like, through, you know what I mean? Like, and then now this year, like, Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, Maybe. like... I just don't think it, theirs, theirs haven't really panned out at all. At all, yeah, yeah. So I for me, it's it's just not sustainable. If you win it, congratulations, Rams. But we all said the Rams are on the verge of being really shitty for a really long I time. I think so. Like three years, they might be terrible. We'll see. All right, I'm gonna switch it up to UFC. This is oh. my number one okay complaint in the UFC. When are we going to fix the UFC judging? I knew you were going there. When are we going to fix the UFC judging? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know if we ever do. Because we've seen Dana be almost irate to the point where he's been so mad at judging. He was and, fucking pissed at I, the Piotr Jan Aljamain Sterling one. That's the one it was. Like, yes. He was fucking pissed. But nothing's ever happened. Nothing's come... Mm-mm. From it, no. so if nothing's come to this point, like I hate to say it, do we have to get someone completely screwed over in a big money fight that finally changes it? Because I don't want that to happen. If that's the case, yeah. I mean, the last three UFC cards. Not even talking the Sterling one, and we'll get into last week's card in a little bit later. But um, Sarukian and Gamrot. Uh, Cater Emmett and Holly Holm, uh, Caitlin Vieira. Last three UFC fight night cards. All three of them, I had it going the other way. So, and a lot of other people in the media and a lot of people that have their opinions have said that too. So it's just, it's hard. And they're all split decisions, right? They're never fucking easy call. Right. And, and, I, and I would argue, I'd say two of those three were, uh, Two seem to be robberies. Home and Cater seem to be robberies. Last week one was closer. But they seem to be robberies. So for me, like as far as like fixing it, it's hard. Just like you said, it's like, what do we do? You know, there's always the open scoring policy, like where fighters know right after the round, 10-9 or 10-9 the right. other way, you know, whatever it is. So it's like, you could do that, okay, but it's like that doesn't fix the fact that like some people are scoring fights the wrong way. Yeah, they're shitty scoring it. Right, they're still scoring it the wrong way. My problem is, is like there's no universal 
like scoring system, mm-hmm. right? Like each judge is different. Each judge is different, so it fucks everything up. Like, okay, if a guy gets a takedown, but he doesn't really do anything with the takedown, mm-hmm. some guys reward it, some guys don't. And that's what happened this past weekend. Yeah. Is Sarukian was doing a lot better on the feet. And even in like the fifth round, way more aggressive. Actually, I almost had to think had a spinning back fist knockdown. Gamrot had two takedowns, but they award they awarded the round to Gamrot. Where it's like before, if you watch the Valentina Shevchenko fight, they awarded a lot more damage with striking in the rounds. Right. So it's like there's no consistency either. Yeah. And that's my that, problem. That's as my a UFC, you know, person that watches every fight and bets a lot of fights. For me, I just want consistency. Well, you hate it when the fight goes to decision. Because you're like... Oh, you're sweating. Who the hell knows? You're sweating. Who the hell knows? Like, you feel strongly about one side or the other, and you have no idea. Like, there's got to be a universal scoring system of this counts for this. And I know that's hard because everyone judges it different of, you know, what is control on the ground? What is, you know what I mean? What is this significant strike? Like, things can be objective, and I know that could be tough. So... I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how they fix it or when they do it, if they do it at all. People are still watching, right? So it's not that big a thing, but people are talking about it, so oh, it is. The internet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go back to college football. Do you think Georgia can maintain not only long-term success, but the short-term success of being elite level like Obama? With the, not only the amount they're losing every year, but that like NFL talent losing every year. Like they're losing really good players. Not just losing players, but really good players year in and year out because they have so many good ones. So basically you're asking, do I think they can do the exact same thing that Bama does? Yeah. Yes and no. Like, here's the thing about Bama. Like, Yes, they win a lot, but it's not every single year to where it's like they do have a year where, like, the Joe Burrow year. I think Bama lost three games that year. Yeah, they weren't very good. So it's not like like they were good. They would beat any other team, but they were going right. to lose to LSU. They lost to the, they lost the Iron Bowl that year. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to lose to those teams. So for me, it's like... Can they maintain, you know, consistency where they're a playoff team one year, next year maybe they fall off, but they're right back there? I think the answer is yes. Kirby Smart, I think, is establishing that as far as him being the guy that might take over after Saban leaves as the top program, as the top coach in college football. I think he can do it. My problem is with Kirby is he's an elite level recruiter, right? Yeah. He always has been, though. Mm-hmm. It, the question was always, can he win the big game? And he gets over that hump this year. I think it's more likely they fail to reach expectations when they have these big recruiting classes than they live up to them. And I know that's hard. I know that's really hard. But I think he could have throw in a four-loss season one year, have a really good recruiting class, you know, and not make it to an SEC championship. So you game. think you don't think he's going to develop players as well? Then? Yeah, I don't think that's what he does. I think that's what makes Saban so good. He does both, right? He recruits and develops. What, what the makes show. you think Kirby's not is not a good developer of players? Though? Um, just I don't think he's a great head coach. I mean, I think they had they they won because they were so fucking good this year. I don't think they won because he was that good of a coach. Are you, you know? just mad that Stetson won and not JT Daniels? 
No. Is that what the Stenson biggest issue sucks. is? Stenson does suck. But I just don't I don't know if I don't know how I just don't see Kirby Kirby's a good coach. He's a good recruiter, but I don't know if he's elite. Like I don't know if Kirby's a top five coach in the country. I think he's for sure a top five coach. Co- just coach, not recruiting. Just coach. Just on the field coach? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that's been on the field that's made me think he's not. Like, look at his teams. He's made the playoffs probably three times, made the national championship twice, won once. Like, to me, that, that smells of a coach that's a pretty good coach. Like, yeah. and I get it. He's had elite-level talent. You know, that's part of recruitment. That's it what is. he does, and I understand that's that. That's part but of like, coaching. On the field. I'm just Yeah, I'm talking on the field. So. I just think you just say that because he hasn't had an elite quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. Saban didn't have a lead quarterback for a long fucking time. Yeah. They're still pumping him out. They're pumping him. And then now he's got Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, he had Mac Jones, Tua. So, I yeah. mean. No, I mean, he's had, a, he's had a crazy string now, but right. it wasn't like that for right, a while. Right. So, we'll see. I think he can do it. All right. Next one for me. Um, the only reason why I bring this up is because I was literally at a family party and UFC fights were on and someone asked me this question because this is how much of a fucking star this guy is and he gets brought up no matter what's going on when is Conor McGregor coming back come on fuck it's always a top headline it just is it just is for like a average to below average UFC fan it is Cody it is for everybody no he is the biggest star in the UFC still. I don't give two fucks if Conor fights again like let's be real like He's not putting up a good product out there the last three times he's been out there. He broke his goddamn leg last time. Not a good product. <laughs> so stupid. And he got fucking bobbled before He was that. not getting bobbled. By Poirier? In the first... Okay, in the, their first... Yes. Then their well, second technical fight. Yes. Yeah, he lost. He got knocked out. He got bobbled. But in the first round of that fight, it was not as no. one-sided as everyone says. No. I, I don't think he fights again, to be honest. I mean, I don't see... The lightweight division right now is so stacked. He's I not, don't know if he should. He's not top ten. Top, like he's ranked, I think, like twelve right now. He's still. Why do they still put him in the ranking? Because he's Conor McGregor. He could fight for the. Belt I don't know tomorrow. if he beats anyone in the top ten. That division's fucking stacked. Dude, watching Sarukian and Gamrot, like those guys would fuck <laughs> anyone up in the top five right now. Yeah, like they were. Dudes, and they're ranked. They were ranked 11 and 12 last weekend, and they were elite. But anyway, that's beside the point. But the question again, it was like, when's McGregor coming back? And then it was like, do you think he could beat Oliveira? And I was like, not a not chance even in close, hell. not a chance in hell. And I love Connor, but that level right now is just he doesn't fight enough to even be not fight even ready to like get ready for stuff like that. Just look like, what Oliveira did to Dustin, like, and look what Dustin did to him, like your your opponent's opponent, like. I get it, but he's still I don't. the biggest star in the UFC. It's still a top headline. Yeah, for a little bit. I think it's going away though. Cody, Oliveira won the belt, and the first thing he said is, "I'll fight fucking Conor McGregor." He wants that's, to get paid. That's a star. He that's wants a to star. get paid. That's a star. Well, Conor, yeah, he's a bad UFC fighter that sells pay per views. He is not a bad UFC fighter. He hasn't been good. You need in a to long stop time. saying that. When's the last time he was good? Four years ago. Cody, he would still be a lot of the elite guys. No, and like said, Poirier, I, he had a very competitive fight with Poirier. What was it, a year and a half ago now? That was longer than that. Let me look at the lightweight. Let me look at lightweight division and tell me who in the lightweight division he, he would be. Okay. Oliver and No. Uh, let's see. So Oliver and No. 
Justin Gaethje, yes. So Oliveira, no. Poirier, obviously no. Was that obviously? It was a close fight. Which one? The last one before he snapped his leg. It wasn't that close. Fine. So no, you can't say he'd be Poirier. You just can't. He has beaten Poirier also. Like ten years ago. Continue. Poirier. No, you can't say that he could be Poirier right now. You still think Poirier would be Covington? He would. He would not. Go ahead. He would. Um, Gaethje? No way. Connor would knock him the fuck out. I might give you that. I'm not. I yeah. fucking hate Gaethje. Um, Chandler. Islam. No way. Islam would beat the fuck out of McGregor Mal- right now. Chandler? McGregor would knock out Chandler. Uh, I don't know about that. Chandler literally almost lost to Tony Ferguson. Yeah, but Tony gave it his, it, like, that no, was a like, really good effort. Tony won the first round. I think Chandler would just wrestle Connor. Like, but, like, uh, I don't know. I think Connor wins that fight. I would love this fight. What? Darius would just kill him. Darius is tough. He's way more physical. He than would McGregor fucking right just maul him. Be close. Dos Anjos? McGregor would beat Dos Anjos. You got Gamrot. That's, Gamrot might fuck up McGregor right now. Tony Ferguson, that'd be a good fight. Connor would, you look at me in a straight face and say Ferguson would be Connor. No, I don't think so, but no. I think it'd be a good fight. I don't think it'd be no. Connor would not walk through him. Connor would knock out Tony. Yeah, I don't know about that. He would now. Tony's chin is gone. I love Tony. That's pretty much a top ten. I mean, yeah. So he loses Tarzis what skin, three or four fizzy. of those fights. So he's like number six, ish. Give him Dan Hooker. He would knock the fuck out of Dan Hooker right now for Dan sure. Dan Hooker's so done. He's so toast. All right. It's sad to say, but he's tough. No more Connor talk the rest of the podcast. All right. What do you got? Um, I can go to UFC since we're on the topic. Okay. Um, what happens in the heavyweight division? Um, that, that's such a loaded question. And it's, it's going to take away because I was going to have a John Jones question later. Yeah. So we'll just yeah. scratch that. But what do I actually think happens or what, like, yeah. what do I think should happen? What do you, what do you ask? Well, what's what, what's going to happen? I want to say that I think Jones is going to fight Ngannou in December. Not Stipe. Not Stipe. Really? Just straight Ngannou Jones, December. That'll sell record pay-per-views. Maybe, yeah. And I think Dana knows that, and I think that's that's what he needs to do. Wow. Yep. That would be incredible. I think that's what, that's what should happen. You think that's going to actually happen? I don't know if that actually happens. You think he might fight Stipe first? He could. I just don't think that's nearly as big of a draw that that risks Jones losing a fight and it kind of is just like okay then I go Stipe and Ganu 3 sure yeah I know like see that again. exactly I think Dana as much as Dana like hates boxing and doesn't you know affiliate himself in that way but the way UFC promotes fighters they pick and choose their spots yeah that's what I'll say and I think he knows John Jones Francis Ngannou is the biggest fight that could ever happen Right behind McGregor Khabib. And I think if he wants to get it done, like, I think that's the fight. I mean, he made a comment the other day that was like, John Jones is ready to go. So Yeah, I know. I saw that. So And Stipe's Neil is healing. So it's like, why are we waiting? In one year from today, uh-huh. who has a heavyweight belt? John Jones. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> if that fight happens. If that fight doesn't happen and Jones never fights again. Or doesn't fight until ever. Um, Tom Aspinall. <laughs> really? Tom Aspinall is the That's fucking That's out of truth. left field. 
Have you seen him fight? Uh, not a He's lot. He's gonna fight Curtis Blades soon. Gatekeeper. Curtis Blades. <laughs> yeah. If you beat Curtis Blades, you can fight for the belt. <laughs> yeah, you're the That's gatekeeper. That's Curtis Blades. Um, like I said, yeah, Derek Fuck, Lewis. I love knockout, a good gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Oh, there's the best. We need to do an all-time gatekeeper list. I might we'll do, do that. that. I might do that today. We'll do that. Think of that in the next um, podcast. Yeah, you get I, pissed that I call guys gatekeepers too. Not really. Who? Fuck, who do who I get mad about? Who did I call a gatekeeper last time? Uh, I don't remember who it was. Like Volkov is a gatekeeper. Volkov's a top five gatekeeper. <laughs> yeah. Like if you beat Volkov, you're a top five UFC heavyweight. And Tom Aspinall beat Volkov, so that's why I'm all in on him now. Gatekeeper, dude. Volkov, yeah, he's a gatekeeper. Like yeah. Brunson, all time great gatekeeper for middleweight. Uh. Dan Hooker was a gatekeeper for a while. Top five in a lightweight for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good gate. Brad Tavares in middleweight. Oh, yeah. Like, not so much like top five, but like, you beat him, you're like a top 10, top 15. Has guy. Aldo turned into a gatekeeper? Jose Aldo? Yeah. No, not anymore, dude. I mean, he's going to fight for the belt if he beats Marab. I know, but if you beat Aldo, like, you're fighting for the belt. Oh, yeah, but... Not, dude, he's on like a three fight win streak. I know he's though, been so doing really kind of well. like he's been doing. Well. You can't as a gatekeeper. You have to like go back and forth between winning and losing. Like Curtis, you know what I mean? Curtis Blades. Curtis, Curtis Blades wins a lot. He does, but he gets knocked out by Ngannou and Derek Lewis. And yeah. after they knock him out, they fight for the belt. That's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just yeah. how Curtis Blades was. Like he's a guy that could never get a title shot, but be the best guy of all time. Oh yeah. Like he could. The best fighter to never get a title shot could be Curtis Blades. Arguably. That's, that's interesting. That's a good list too. Best fighter never get a title shot. Yeah, but I think didn't Blades fight for the title? No, they, he fought those guys. Ngannou wasn't yeah. for the title. Nope, he saw him twice and got knocked out. Just bobbled. Same with Derek Lewis. All right, like, and it was like if he wins this fight, he'll get a title yeah, shot. He just never. doesn't win that fight. All right, what Brutal. do you got? What do you got? Let me pull it up. Uh, is Arch Manning? Here we go. Going to make Texas back. Slash, are oh. they already back? <clears throat> um, he's going to make them back in a different sense. Like, I don't even necessarily think it's his play. But the hype that he's going to bring, they're going to get so many fucking recruits. They already got a five-star in his class. Yeah. And they got, like, a defensive line. Like, they're getting guys that, like weren't even thought of going to Texas before. They just got a kid from Hawaii, a linebacker who's a fucking stud. Mm -hmm. And he committed there out of, out of the blue. He wasn't yeah. even a top guy. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're back in that sense, yeah. I mean, to me, there's zero chance he can live up to his name. Like, no, like, the pressure that's on him and the expectations. Yeah. I mean, not only is, like, they say one of the best recruits of all time. Yeah. It's fucking Peyton Manning. It's Eli Manning's nephew. Archie Manning's grandson. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, the things you expect out of this kid. Like, just think about before. Like, don't think about NFL. Like, your two uncles are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. Think about what they did in college football. Mm -hmm. Like, Peyton, number one overall pick. Tennessee loaded. Eli, number one overall pick. Eli, number one pick. He won the Heisman? Neither yeah. of them did, actually. Heisman, but he was in uh, New York. Jason White beat Eli. And... Charles Woodson beat, beat Peyton, Peyton Manning, which okay. is like, kind of like, eh, yeah. Manning probably should have won the Heisman. Right. Jason White was a good pick, though. He was really Eli. good at Oklahoma. Because they, they went to the national championship. Yeah, and they got their fucking doors They got their off. dicks beat in, yeah, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, but back to Arch Manning. I, he might make Texas back just because what he's going to bring with them. And Quinn Ewers. But talk about what, 
Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. Talk about the quarterbacks that guy can fucking recruit. Oh, he can get guys. He can fucking recruit a quarterback. Yeah. People want to play for him. Like, Hell yeah. You're a quarterback. You want to play for the guy. Just like. Well, not only that, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, Mac Jones wasn't going to be good without him, but like, develop Mac Jones into a pretty fucking good quarterback. Yeah. No, like, for sure. But look at his SC guys, right? Mm-hmm. He had all those guys at SC. Then you look at Washington. They had a top 10 pick. Jake Locker. Jake Locker. Like, still a top 10 pick. Yeah. Like, the guy can fucking coach quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, we'll see, obviously, what happens with Texas. Everyone always says Texas is back, Texas is back. And that's always, like, you know, the joke. But, like, I'm, like, on the train where I'm, like, holy fuck, Texas is going to be really fucking good if both of them live up to the hype. Because that's the thing. You know, you get these quarterbacks out of high school, and we can talk recruiting, you know, whatever people believe recruiting true, false, and far as five stars, four stars, whatever. But it's like, if Quinn Ewers is as good as they said, potentially as good as Patrick Mahomes, then they'll be awesome, of course. And Arch, and then the thing with Arch Manning now is, okay, is he actually a five-star quarterback? You right. Know, is he actually that good, or is it his last name? Because that's that, I've been seeing a lot of that yeah. right now, too. So that's... I mean, the chances of Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning both being busts is so low. Like, one of those guys has to be a fucking dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we just don't know which one's going to be. Yeah, and you and I talked about this a little bit before, but it's like, I think the timing works for both guys. Is so like, do I. People are, like, worried, like, oh, Quinn Ewers is going to bounce, or, you know, Arch Manning's not going to be happy sitting a year. Like, I think it's going to work out pretty perfectly, to be honest with I you. I mean, they probably told Arch, like, this is what's going to happen. Like, yeah. I'm sure they had to be upfront about it. Like, mm-hmm. if Quinn Ewers goes bonkers this year, he's going to play again next year. Yeah. And then he'll go to the league as the number one overall pick. Right. And then Arch yeah, Manning. will play as a sophomore or a redshirt freshman. And you have two, they two good do. years, then you're going to the league. Yeah. So I, I, I think well, Bryce Young sat a year, and he won the fucking Heisman the next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And that's probably how he sold it, like sat under Sarkeesian. Yeah. So. Wow. That. There's a, did you see that picture of Vince Young and Colt McCoy high-fiving? Yes, I think and I someone, that. I And sent someone that. said, like, it was like, you know. Quinn Ewers. The new generation of it, and it's yeah. Quinn Ewers and Arch that Manning. Sweet. That was sweet. That would be fucking nuts. All right. What Clemson team do we see this year? That is so funny you ask that, because I have a Clemson thing, and like I thought that was really under the radar to say. Yeah. Um, my question was more, is Clemson done? Like, is the, di- oh. is the dynasty done? Have you seen the recruits again this month? Decent, yeah. Yeah, they're getting some – they got another five-star or a four-star uh, offensive lineman today. But, but they haven't recruited at that level that they used to. So, let's talk about the team this year. As you said, what what team are we gonna get this year? You're gonna get a great defensive team. The defensive line, I think it's Miles Murphy, and uh, Brian Brees. Like they'll be elite up front. They'll be very good up front. You know, linebackers. They'll be great. You know, they're it's gonna be a typical Clemson defense. It it matters what happens with DJ. Yeah. If DJ is good. Clemson will be good. If DJ's as good as we thought he was at coming out of high school, they'll be a good they'll be a good team. Like they they could be a playoff team this year. Like they could be that good. So it de- it's all on him. So but the question is, do you think DJ's that guy or is he is he not? Yeah, I think he is. Okay. I think I think DJ goes off this year. I I mean, I've seen the kid for a long time. Like I was shocked at how bad he played last year. Mm-hmm. Shocked. I mean, but the, it, I'm, I'm almost like is that him? I mean, like he was doing it at the highest level in high school football. You know, his guys were those elite guys. You know, I don't know. But, like, it was, like, coming out. Was it Bryce Young or DJ? It was 
Bryce Young. And I, I love I, I love DJ. I know, but I always said Bryce Young. You always did. And I was yeah, like, no, it's were, DJ. But it's obviously Bryce Young. Right now it is, but like if DJ blows up this year, like I can can DJ be in the heat for the first overall pick with Stroud, Young, and uh, DJ? Yeah. You think he could go off that, like that? Yeah. Like, you think he's that good? Well, it's not good. like it's not there. The Notre Dame game, he went bonkers at yeah, freshman. freshman year. Yeah, he had a good game. When Trevor Lawrence, the, what was it, COVID? Like, it COVID. was like he was, did he have COVID, but it was like the second week? Remember yeah. He had the Boston College and then the Notre Dame game. Yeah. And so. DJ had a great game. Yeah, he had a really good game. And But we just didn't see that last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They didn't really have good receivers last year. I don't know if they are this Justin year. Justin Ross. That's the thing. So, and that's one of my points was like, is the dynasty done at Clemson? Like, we're not seeing the DeHondre Hopkins, no. Mike Williams. We're not seeing the, you know, uh, Martavius Bryant, Taj Boyd, uh, one of my, my running back that I love, C.J. Spiller. You know, we're not just seeing those guys anymore at Clemson. Well, the running back there now is their best player on their team. Yeah, Shipley's good. Shipley's good, really good. Yeah. Um, they got him from Notre Like, Notre Dame was right there with You them. always talk about that every time. Well, I thought he was going to be really good for us, but he ended up going to Clemson. Yeah, I think... I think Clemson's gonna be. I think Clemson has. Clemson. I don't know why they wouldn't win the ACC this year. I mean, we're talking about cultural episode, but I don't see like they couldn't. Like that's not. I don't think the ACC is gonna be very good this year at all. I think the ACC could be pretty good. The ACC? Yeah, I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks actually. Keaton Slovis. Slovis Van Dyke at Miami. Van Dyke's good. You've got a uh, Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. He's okay. You got a uh, Brennan Armstrong at Virginia. Mm, Phil- got to see it on him. Tim- he had a, his numbers are crazy. They were, and they got the Clemson offensive coordinator, new coach. Um, yes, you've got uh, Phil Dracovic from Boston College. I like Dracovic, who's really good. I do like Dracovic. So it's, it's a pretty deep quarterback heavy. It's an okay quarterback. Conference. Oh, I almost said JT Daniels, but he's Big Twelve. Big Twelve, yeah. It's an okay. It's an okay quarterback conference. I don't. North oh, Carolina. Oh, Devin Leary at NC State. Like I like him. Yeah. And, NC they're, State's a big threat. They're going to be – that's the and team, I, I they, think, in my NC head. NC State beat them last year. Pitt, I don't think Pitt's going to be as good. No. I don't think – North Carolina's going to be dog shit. I think Duke's going to be terrible, obviously. <laughs> Miami might be all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking close at Miami. You know what's going to be interesting to me? I think Miami could be better than USC in three years. Interesting. Cristobal's that dude. I think Cristobal's a great coach. We saw what he did at Oregon. Yeah. On the cusp of a playoff every year there. Why can't he do that at Miami and potentially get there? You know? Yeah, we'll talk about more more of that when we get the college football preview episode. So you just went, right? Yep. Is is the NIL ruining college football? Ooh. No. No, is it changing college football? Yeah. Are there going to be regulations for college football now? Yeah, there has to be. Needs to be. Needs to be. Um, it's going to change it. But, I mean, here's what's going to happen. This is what ultimately is going to fold out. If they say NCAA doesn't step in and they're fucking pussies like they have been and back off and say you guys manage it yourself type thing, we don't want to get in the way of it. Then here's what's going to happen. One of these kids that's getting these huge deals is going to flop hard, like fall right in his face. And people are going to be like, okay, like, this ain't happening no more. Like we're not paying this much to high school kids. You know, we're, they're going to set the market and that's what the market's going to happen. It's just going to be a set market of this is what you pay a really good five star. You know, it's not going to be like an, a bidding war. It's going to be like an average, like everything else. It's going to work itself out. 
but it's going to take one of these kids to really flop like and then i think that's when it, it all evens itself out so you don't think it'll be ncaa regulations you think it's going to be if it's not NCAA regulations there's a chance that it could be i think ncaa regulations are they're scared ncaa's scared to regulate it because they're scared that the power five's going to break off and leave them in the dust yeah because at this point there's no reason for they don't need the ncaa they do for the structure and everything yeah but sankey can do that and the I, sec I, yeah but i mean for someone that watches college football i don't just want to watch sec play no i mean like power fives like they would break off sankey would then, be the commissioner I, of the power fives even then i don't i don't know. i don't agree with it either but it could happen it's always a conversation but for me like as you said like it has changed college football so fast so heavy yeah. it, it is crazy like like you just said, someone just signed a nine million dollar deal. Tennessee quarterback's getting an eight million dollar deal. Like, what are we talking about now? Did you hear? Like, this is nuts. Did you hear the kid from Nebraska in the interview? He said, "If you're a starter here, you're making six figures." Who said that? Uh, one of the players at Nebraska. Oh, not. That's at Nebraska. Yeah. That's crazy. You're making a like, hundred grand there. If you're a starter, that's that's college football money right there. That's crazy. Nebraska's got money, though. Don't act like Nebraska doesn't have money. They do, but it's like... I mean, I know they care about their football. They do, but... Mm -hmm. Like, are they one of these blue bloods that... They are a blue blood. Yeah, but they don't have the money. I don't feel like they have the money like these other schools have. They definitely have plenty of money, but... Anyway, um, NIL is just... It's a whole beast. We might have to have an individual NIL episode at some point just to talk about it. I mean, like I said... The amount of money that it's like, if you want a five-star quarterback, you're paying $10 million almost. That's insane. Like, that's nuts. That's insane. That's crazy. Like, I just want to see, like you said, like, what happens when a, when a guy flops? Yeah. What's in the contract for transfer protocol or transfer portals? Because that's another whole yeah. area of college football that we haven't even talked about today is, what if a guy, you know, that guy goes to Miami, gets paid $9 million, transfers to Florida next year. What's... what? What do we do? What do they do? Yeah. What do they like? What is the contract? Is it just one year, year by year, or what? I have no idea. Or is that just one flat rate? You're just paying them nine mil. Yeah. Like it's insane. But then they pay him eight mil to go there. Like after a transfer year. Like I mean, that's what happened. Jordan Addison wins the Bolitnikoff at you know Pitt with uh, Kenny Pickett goes to USC because they're paying him like three million. I think it said. He goes to USC. It's just guy went to fucking Bolitnikov is the best receiver in the country and goes somewhere else to get $3 million. So I'm glad we're talking NIL because I, I actually talked to B today and I said, do you have anything hot topic wise you want us to touch on? Sure. And he mentioned NIL and want us to discuss it. And his big thing was do like the teams that are like the forefront right now, do they hold that? Because of NIL, or do they get knocked off by the Texases, Ole Miss, USC? Do these teams start rising to that level of elite because of NIL? Um, I'll kind of get into my one of my next topics, which is going to be Jimbo Saban. Yeah, I mean, look at a guy like Nick Saban talking about, you know, I mean that whole comment about Texas A&M paying their recruits. And that's him going to his boosters asking for more money. It's definitely right. going to spread the wealth, right? That five-star quarterback going to Miami probably goes to Alabama in a normal year. Yeah. Probably goes to Georgia. Probably goes to Ohio State, right? But he's going to Miami now. You know? Cool. 
I like that. I do too. You know, it's going to spread the wealth. It's going to spread the teams. Um, however, you're still going to have the guys that want to win go to Bama. But you're going to have those other guys that are going to say, wait, if I can still make my money over here, why not go to Washington where I'm from? My family can see me play every weekend. You know, Why not do that instead of going across the country? So you are going to see some of those spread. You're still going to see those guys that are gonna that have wanted to go to Bama for years, that want to win, play a national championship, fine. But you are going to see a little bit more spread of the wealth, I think. Yeah, I mean, shoot, it's... And, you know, and possibly if we expand the college football playoff, you'll see that too. Yeah, they, that needs to happen sooner rather than later. We'll see. Any others you got? I think mine are pretty much all in all got covered. Oh, you're done? I got, I got like one more, but... Okay. Well, I said the power rankings came out for NFL like a week ago. Yeah. Bills are the number one team. Do you see them as the team to beat? Um, they're pretty complete. You know, they were knocking on the door last year, and I thought they were the best team last year in the AFC. Like, I'd, I'd rather, when the Bengals had, were in the AFC Championship, I was like, I'd rather play Kansas City than I would Buffalo. Um, but do I trust Josh Allen 100% yet? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like kind of there, too. Like, it's weird. Is everyone's so all in on him, and, like, I get it, but I also don't. Like, remember, like, two years ago, he was so inaccurate. Like, and I've been hanging on to that, and I remember that. Like, he yeah. still could be that guy Oh, I, I in agree. a weird way. I agree, and, you know, the AFC's so loaded. Like, the Bills are not that much better than anyone, if better than anyone. Like, Who's to say the Chargers aren't better? Who's to say the Chiefs aren't better? Who's to say the Bengals aren't better? Yeah. Like, I I just you can put them one. That's fine. I have no problem with it. But do I think everyone? It's them and everyone else. Not even close. Did the Packers do enough in the off season to win a Super Bowl? Ooh. That's tough. Um. Did they do enough? No. Can they? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel, too. Yeah, like, they like, didn't I still, do... I still think they can. Yeah. Do I think they got worse? Of course, because he lost Devontae Adams. Anytime you lose Devontae. But do I think they will they can still win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback? Yes. 100%. Like, I, I agree with that. That's that's how I feel about him. You still have an elite quarterback. You still have a very good def- defense. Offensive line is good. Did they lose something? It's like they lose guys. They on lost the a couple line. offensive line pieces, but nothing like extravagant. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, they paid Aaron Jones a ton of money. Yeah. Like, I don't love that. I'm not a huge uh, Aaron Jones guy. I love Aaron Jones. Yeah, I know you do. I just and so does. I had B, him on fantasy that the year he went bonkers. I just I don't know. That was legit. Uh, I don't know. I'd stay away from him this year, especially because it seems like everyone loves AJ Dillon. Who? uh... I didn't write this one down, but I'm thinking about it. Who's the next? Who, who's the best second-year quarterback? That was B's. One of B's questions. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, who's the second-year quarterback to make a jump? Yep. Um, I think it was Davis Mills who, like, led in categories as a rookie. Okay. Um, <laughs> Does he repeat? Shoot. <laughs> All those teams, I think, are going to be so bad, including the Jets. Um, Trevor Lawrence. So you still think he can be good? Yeah. It's tough to be a rookie in the NFL on with a on, shitty on Urban the Meyer worst team. Everyone thought Urban Meyer would be good. Urban Meyer, the Jags' offensive line is so bad. They get ETN back. He gets a good coach, Doug Peterson. Yeah, Super Bowl winner. There's a good coach. Yeah, give me Trevor Lawrence. Okay, 
Who do you got? Well, of course I got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But, again, if I'm ranking them, rank them. Lawrence won. He's got Lawrence, Mac, Mac Jones, Tra uh, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Fields, two. Uh, Mac Jones, three. Uh, Zach Will or Trey Lance. Uh, God, you Trey Zach Lance, Wilson. three. Okay. Zach Wilson, four. Mac Jones? No. I had Mac Jones. Oh, no, I had Mac Jones. So, no, I go Lawrence, Fields, Trey Lance, Jones, Wilson. Mill six. So, you think Zach Wilson is just. No, he's got to. It's one of those things that you got to show me. Yeah. You got to show me. Trey Lance didn't show you shit. No, but the upside's. You higher, see the upside there? Yeah. Okay. Better team, too. Better yeah. coach. Better system around yeah. him. Yeah. Like, he has a chance to be more successful. Fair. I think Mac Jones dog shit too. Why? He almost won rookie of the year last year. Because all the rookies were dog shit. <laughs> Except Jamar Chase was good. It was and a bad quarterback. It was a bad quarterback year. The receivers were good. Um I wish Joey or someone else was here. I was gonna, are the Bengals a fluke or are they real? Obviously I can't answer that. Like that's my point. Like you can't answer that question. I can't answer it. Um Do you think they can go to the Super Bowl again? Yeah, I, I mean, we went the last year. And you think they'll be in that position to get there again? Yeah. Like, more than likely win their division, get there, all that good Play stuff. I think chance to be a playoff team, and you get the playoffs, anything happens. They proved that last year. So I think last year the difference was is they were so outmatched against good pass rushing teams. Yeah. Like, they had no fucking, fucking chance. Fucking Titans. No chance. Even God, the, damn it. the Chiefs got to the quarterback a bunch. They did a good job against the Raiders, actually, in the first half. Yeah. But I don't see that being a problem this year. The the thing with the Bengals, too, they were so healthy last year. That was huge. I think mm -hmm. health has a huge concern with it. If they can maintain their health, um, I think they got better. But I think everyone in the AFC got better. So you gave yourself a chance to get – if you're in the playoffs. And not only that, but, like, if you can give your chance a, a chance to get some home games in the playoffs – then, yeah, anything can happen. You know, if you have to go on the road for three games, you know, the Bengals had to go twice, which I don't see that happening again. Like, if you said the Bengals are the four seed, I don't think they're going to play the Super Bowl again. If they're the one or the two, they have a shot. They have a shot. And I, I think they, they can because I think I think the AFC West is going to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, like, we'll I don't see. think any of the teams going to be the number one seed to get a bye. Like, it's too many wins and losses. It's just too yeah. many good teams, you know, so... So if you're eliminating one of those teams, now it's like you got to be out Baltimore. Bills. You got to be out the Bills. You got to be out the Titans. You got to be out the Colts to get the number one seed. So, yeah, it, it's we'll, – we'll see. Does Lamar get a deal done? Yeah. They're going to pay him. Do you see the uh, report today that Jalen Hurts is going to get a fat contract extension next year? You know Feeling what? on that. I like Jalen Hurts as a football player. I don't think he can win you. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I don't either. And I really like Jalen Hurts. I know he's a great human. Good person, good guy, like good football player. Like he's a he's a fucking gamer. But you get him against a good defense, like I don't think he can be successful. You got any more before we move on to the UFC card? I got one more. What do you got? Outland this is a little bit different one. Sure. Um what do you think the PGA and the Live Tour are gonna look like in a year? I don't care. Really? I just don't care. Oh, I love golf. I mean, I don't dislike golf, but, like, I, I just... 
Do you is, know is all this live? whole thing that's going on? I have been following for the most part. I saw Kepka went to it the other day. Yes, they're losing everyone. Like they're losing guys. They're and losing Kepka everyone. made a comment. He's like, "Fuck, like it's a ton of money." Like, he's like, "I don't." What do you say? Like, I don't want to play golf forever or something like that. I don't want to be gone eight months out of the year playing golf. Like, right. I want to be home more. Yeah, which is why a lot of guys did it. But the DJ thing that's crazy, it, like, the thing that's crazy about it is it's dirty money. The lives funded by dirty money. Yikes! And or at least we don't know, which we assume coming from Saudi Arabia. And the whole point of the live is there's not really like a fundamental business plan, more so like we want to be on the good side of the US type thing, which is crazy. So they're just throwing out boatloads of money in this business plan, it's not sustainable. Like they're not making that much money, they're just pretty much spending it for other reasons. So I don't know, I, you feel bad for the PGA for a sense because like there's nothing they can really do. So they got to open up their majors and I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how this this thing works. Live is is live the Jake Paul of golf yeah. right now? Yeah. Like trying to force PGA to raise their fucking rates and shit. Yeah, but there, there's Exposing no Exposing the money? The but PGA will never be able to compete with that. Like it's too much goddamn money. And there's a good topic right now. UFC fighter pay. Wow. I mean, it's got to go up. It's got to go up, but... But how much is the question? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Kevin Holland, I, I've listened to some of his quotes, and he was saying, like, he's like, you know what? I make good money. He said, he's like, I got paid, you know, $50,000 when I first started. Like, that's how what most fighters, at, like, start to get paid per fight. Okay. I fought four times per year. I made two hundred grand. Like... Yeah. Like... That's pretty comparable to most like professional sports in a lot of ways for like an entry level guy. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're active and fighting, you can make your money. If you're not active and not fighting, why should you make money? No, I agree with you that. You know what I mean? Um What's the guarantees? I think what are they find like three fight contracts right now? Something like that. When typically. You, when, yeah, yeah, when you first sign up. So um I just don't know what how they're taking I know they take care of their guys. When you go to, you know, the Apex or if you go to headquarters, like, you're getting meals, you're getting yeah, no, they're, all they're, that stuff. for like class. But you got to understand, these guys are paying tons of money like any other professional athlete. Training fees. Training, their body recoveries. Fees, yeah. Like, managers, like, they're spending a lot of money. Like, these guys got to be able to do their job. If you want them to do their job at an elite level, they got to be able to pay for it. Like, we've all agreed American Top Team is killing it right now. It's, good. And, it's a good, uh, yeah. And they have to pay probably lots of money to be there. Like, every guy can't afford to go to American Top Team, and the American Top Team probably doesn't want everyone. Mm-hmm. But is American Top Team willing to take a guy who can't afford it in hopes that one day he can afford it? Like, is that kind of working out? Like, I would love Maybe. to see the UFC pay these training facilities and say, you can go work here, you can go work here, and then pay these coaches. Like, something. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't. It was not a like. Well, a, you think about it. The UFC kind of. They they kind of eliminated that conversation by building their own gym. Right. The UFC PI. They said, okay, you can train here for free. Right. That's what I said. Here's our facility. Bring your coach here. Do everything you want. Everything for free here right now. So they kind of eliminated that conversation. Right. In a, in a in a roundabout way. Like I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just saying like they they thought about that and said, you know what, no. Train here instead, right? For free. Yeah, but you got to think about it too. Like the elite level guys, you know what I mean? The Poiriers at American Top Team, right? 
Amanda Nunes is at American Top Team. You know what I mean? Uh, John Jones, he's at Fight Ready now. You know what I mean? They're not paying anything to be there. No. You know what I mean? So it's like it's almost no. like if you're elite and you want that money, be elite and get that money. Yeah. I'm no. not saying that fighter pay doesn't need to get better, but at the same time, like, I see what Kevin Holland says. It's like, you know what? Like, you need to earn that contract. You got to earn that kind of money. You know right. what I mean? Like, you can make a good living if you're active doing your thing. But again, like, be active and do your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think... I think people are fighting for the middle class UFC fighters more so. Like, yeah. Everyone knows the elites are getting paid. Yeah. Some guys, I mean, the whole Jake Paul thing, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. So. All right. UFC 276. This is an absolutely stack loaded card. We've been waiting for this for a very long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, huge card. Before we get into the the main card that we're going to break down in a minute, I just want to recap the last week's card. I touched on it a little bit earlier with Sarukian and uh, Gamrot. Two guys that are like kind of just like destined to be in the top five. I mean, if anyone watched this fight last weekend, you're watching this like these guys are elite. Saruki is only 25 years old. His only loss in the UFC was to Islam Mahakshev when he was 22 years old. I mean, the guy is a freak. Um, Gamera ends up edging it out to a uh, three to two. I had it the other way, three to two, but not a robbery. Really good fights. I could have seen it gone either way. Um, and then Gamera cal- called out Gaethje after. So, so like, sick. And I think he would just run through Gaethje. I mean, what we saw, I mean, like, Gaethje would have a good time on the feet, for sure. But, like, just Gamrot's, he's not super physical. Like, Sarukian was more physical and better on the feet. But, like, Gamrot on the mat, man, was able to take down Sarukian. He had 100% takedown defense. Like, yeah. And Gaethje's, like, has good takedown defense. But, like, against the upper levels, we've seen what Khabib has done to him. You know what right. I mean? Like, I think if you make that matchup, like, it would be a bad day for Gaethje, honestly. Gamrot's a dude, and he trains at ATT with Poirier. They're boys. They take pictures. Like, he's Polish guy. He was talking about Joanna and Jan. Like, you gotta get some Polish, like, fucking good-ass fighters in the UFC right now. Yeah. Gamrot, he's... He was trending in the right directions before this fight. No, he beat uh, uh, Carlos Diego Fijaya. Yeah. Also really good. Probably, I think he's probably outside the rankings now, but, like, Really good fight. I mean, it's a, such a stacked division. Guys like this, like that are ranked ten and twelve, like these guys could beat anyone in the top five. Like, right. The light heavy, or the, it's not light heavy. Lightweight division is a fucking bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. Like if you, it, there's a, definitely a difference. Like if you say like someone's like ranked number six in light heavyweight, you're like probably pretty good. You know, he's he's probably fought a couple good guys on the way. Like if you're ranked like top, if you're ranked like six in the lightweight division, like. You have gone through a bloodbath. Who is it? Fighters. Is it like Dariush six right now? Yeah, like Dariush yeah. is like five or six right now. Yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah, why are you all over Dariush? I fucking love Dariush, dude. Why? He's a fucking animal. He's good, really good. No, he's very good. Yeah, I think like Ferguson's like eight in that division. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or I think Chandler's like five too. That that's those are really good. Well, yeah, because you got like Poirier. Like you got yeah. these, it's just it's a deep class. Like Oliveira. Like who who's gonna beat those guys you no. know what i mean like they're fucking elite it's hard like you could say those guys go up or down and they just beat the shit out of those guys you know right it's a stacked division so it was an incredible fight for me you know outside of that i mean shavkat rachmanov like shavkat so he's the co-main event he submits neil magny who neil magny is a veteran really good ufc fighter ranked in the top 10 consistently like Neil Magny, I know we talk gatekeepers. 
New Magni's like a top 10 gatekeeper. Wow. Like, you beat New Magni, you're a top 10 fighter. Okay. Fair? Yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel. And I like New Magni. But, like, he loses to, like, he's lost to, like, Chiesa, you know, who's in the top 10. He loses to those guys, you know what I mean? But he beats everyone else. He beats the Jeff Neals. He beats the other guys. You know, Ponzinibbio on his run knocked him out. You know what I mean? He's hard to finish, too. And Shavkat just, like, light work. Shavkat's a monster. Like, he's a problem. He, like, oh, he is big time. a legitimate problem. I think it's interesting as welterweight, and there's one, there's a fighter on this card that we'll talk about in a second, but, like, welterweight has, like, a very interesting crop of young guys that are coming up. Headlined by Shemaev, obviously. Yeah. But then you've got Hamzat, or, uh, Hamzat, um, yeah, Hamzat, uh, Rak- Rachmanov, you have, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, um, Jack Della Madalena, who's an Australian guy, and then Ian Gary, this Irish guy who, you know, is the next Conor McGregor, like, <laughs> the welterweight division's very interesting, like, you kind of have that older crop, the, the Masvidals, the Burns, Covington, Usman, you've got those guys that have been up there for right. a while, and it's like, Kind of like what we just talked about with Gamrot and Saryukin is like these guys could fuck them up. Yeah, like, I think these guys are scary. Like I think Shavkat Shemaev, if they make that fight, that that could do numbers. Like we're talking like pay per views doing numbers. Like uh, what we were talking about earlier was oh, Ngannou Jones. Yeah, like Shemaev and Shavkat Rachmanov would be a massive fight. Yeah, like it would be absolutely massive. So really exciting card. Good time for the UFC for some of those fighters. But going into UFC two seventy six. This card is fucking stacked. Stacked. Like, this card is a 5 out of 5. 10 out of 10, whatever you want to name it. Wow. This is one of the best cards. This is the best card of the year. Like, for sure. Oh, yeah, hands down. This will be the best card. This is the best card. Like, this is a fucking stacked card. And not even because of... And I'm probably least excited for for the main main event. Yeah, that's probably the worst fight on the card. Like, weirdly enough, like... We'll get into that fight later, but, like, I'm not as excited for that fight as I am, like... 80% 80% of these other fights. Right. Like, we're talking about, if I'm looking down at the, the you know, the first two fights, whatever. But you have Macy Barber, you know, up-and-coming girl at 125. She's on a three-fight win streak. If she beats Jessica I, she's going to be, you know, right there in the top eight. Um, Andre Muniz, you know, jiu-jitsu practitioner, very good, submitted Eric Anders, who had never been submitted, also a black belt. He's going to fight Uriah Hall, who's a staple of the division. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting fight. Mooney's going to walk through him there. Brad Tavares. Shout out 808. Another gatekeeper. <laughs> but a good gatekeeper. Like, you beat Brad Tavares, you're top, five, you're top 15. Dracus Duplessis, um, he's a guy that a lot of people are very hyped on. They think, you know, he's a power puncher. Let me tell you, Brad Tavares. Hold on. I was looking at this earlier. Brad Tavares' last losses, okay? His last... Three losses, okay? Edmund Shabazian, okay? Kind of a fluke, first-round knockout, okay? Then it was Israel Adesanya. Before that, he went on a four-fight win streak, and his loss before that, Robert Whitaker. Solid. The guy doesn't lose to, like, if you're not elite, he'll beat you. Yeah. Like, that's just how he is. Like, he's that guy. So, for in this fight, it's like you're getting pretty much even money on Brad Tavares and Drakus Duplessis. I mean... I have to be honest. I haven't run the tape too much on this guy. I know he's knocked out his last two opponents, but his last two opponents weren't elite guys. So it's like Marcus Perez and Trevin Giles. I like Trevin Giles. I think he's pretty good. But if you're not that guy, you're not going to beat Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares is super well rounded. Like unless you can put him out, like Izzy did. Right. Like Shabazz. 
like Shabazzian, like Whitaker, like he's probably gonna beat you. Right. Kind of a decision manner, like methodically well done, well rounded, might out wrestle you, you know. So it's gonna be an interesting fight. I'm excited for that fight, and that's fuck like way down on this prelim. Then you got Ian Gary, guy I was talking about earlier. A lot of people are booking him as the next Conor McGregor of the welterweight division. Um, he's a guy that's been so hyped up. He's like a minus 400 in every fight. You're getting at minus 175. If you think he's a guy, this is huge value. He's yeah. fighting Gabe Green, a guy that's... Let me just put it to this way. Ian Gary's 6'3", Gabe Green's 5'10". He's going to have a huge height advantage in this fight. I think Ian Gary should be able to pick him apart from the outside. Um, at minus 175, I think that's great value for him if you want to bet that card. Then, my guy, Cody hates him, but... I don't hate him. Cowboy that. Cerrone. I, I mean, I respect the fuck out of him. Why do you hate him? I don't hate him. I just think it's like... You hate him now. Like, you just don't care about him now. Yeah, I just don't care about him. It's just like, go, dude, go be with your family. Like, stop getting CTE. <laughs> like, you're getting so much CTE. Like, uh, Cowboy's on a bad run, ladies and gentlemen. He's his last bobbled a lot. So, one, two, three, four, five, six fights. He doesn't have a win in his last six fights. How many times has he been knocked out in those? Well, one was a draw, so... Yeah, he got knocked out. One, two, three... Four. So four of his last six losses. Four of his last six fights have been knockouts. One draw, one decision. So, but, but, listen to this guys he's fighting. Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor, Anthony Pettis, Nico Price, Alex Morono. Yeah, not, not, yeah. Like, those are elite guys. Right. So, like, give Cowboy his due, because before that, he was on a three-fight win streak. Like, he is still, you know, he's Cowboy Cerrone. We've talked longer about cowboy than i wanted to already. why just he's irrelevant now like he's just collecting paychecks at this so point. but interesting about this fight so he's fighting jim miller another ufc veteran yeah a guy that's been around the block this is actually a rematch not a lot of people remember this but cowboy knocked him out a long time ago so the only thing i'll say about jim miller kind of going into this fight is he is definitely how do i put this he's got a little more tread on the tires right like he, his last two fights, he's won. Both fights. You know what I mean? Like, the guy is still in there. He lost to Joe Selecki you know, three fights ago. And Joe Selecki is a very good fighter. Like, he's still in these games. You know what I mean? Like, where right. Cowboy is obviously on the outskirts. So, it's tough. I mean, uh, let me see the odds. Cowboy's a plus 170 underdog right now. So, pretty wide. A lot of people think that Jim Miller's got the advantage here. But here's the thing is, it's fighting at 170. So, I'm going to give the advantage to Cerrone there. He's bigger. He's 6'1". Jim Miller's 5'8". That's going to help him there. I mean, I think at 170, like, I'm going to take a flyer on Cowboy. I think I'm not touching it. How about you take it not to go the distance then? How about I'd rather watch our dads go fight in the parking lot? It'd be more entertaining than this fight. See, that's so disrespectful. (laughs) After I say this, you're going to feel bad. The winner of this fight has the most wins in UFC history. Oh, really? They're both tied. Wow. It's it's three, so it's Cowboy, Jim Miller, Andre Arlovsky, all are tied for first place right what now. What an irrelevant stat. How is that irrelevant? I mean, these guys are Hall of Famers. Yeah, shoot. I mean, hats off. Hats off. Most wins in UFC history. I mean, like like you said, like, totally being overshadowed by the fact that they're on a prelim but and on like you know a stacked card but it's like that's pretty cool we're not even headlining the prelim i know it's sad the headlining prelim is actually my fight of the night though really yes brad riddell fighting jalen turner this is going to be an absolute scrap brad riddell coming out of city kickboxing 
with Volkanovski and Adesanya. Guy is a great striker. He beat Drew Dober in absolute war a couple fights ago on Adesanya's last card against Vittori, or two two cards ago. Like, really good. He lost to uh, Rafael uh, Fiziev in his last fight. Uh, pretty close. Fiziev ends up finishing him at the end. But Brad Riddell is a guy that's going to go to war. Really good. Really good fighter. Like, I normally back him. I can't back him in this fight because Jalen Turner looks unreal. Tell like, us about Jalen Turner. Jalen Turner, Jalen Turner beat the absolute dog shit out of Jamie Malarkey in their last fight. Jamie Malarkey trains with Brad Riddell, all those guys, city kickboxing. He's an Australian guy. And Jamie Malarkey's tough as shit. Like, super tough. Brad Riddell beat him, I think, by decision a couple years back. And Jalen Turner, like, took everything he had and gave him so much. Like, this is a fight that it's like, I know Brad Riddell's good, but I think what I saw from Jalen Turner, like, he might be, like, a top 10 lightweight. Like, what I saw on that last fight was a guy that is tough as hell. Because the thing is, like, when you get hit hard, like, Jamie Malarkey's going to hit hard. He's going to be in your face. But it's like, I saw Jamie or uh, Jalen Turner give it back and keep going. That's when I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. This guy's going to go to war and get it done. And he and he knocked him out. Like, it was very impressive. And Jalen Turner's a guy that he used to fight up in uh, 170 before. He's in his natural weight class now, 155. He's big as hell. He's 6'3 for the division. He's young. He's 27 years old. And come on, his last loss at uh, 170 was against Vincente Luque. Like, Luque, come your on. guy. My guy. Still upset about that fight. I can't. I don't want to talk about it. But the good wins, I mean, Euros Medic just knocked out um, Alex Oliveira recently. Not Oliveira, somebody else recently. That's a really good fighter. Uh, Omar Morales. So, and then, uh, you know, Jalen Turner subbed him. Like, the Josh Colabout fight looks really good because he just beat somebody. Like, Jalen Turner's wins just look good. They look better, and I think he's improving. He's young, but I think he's getting better. I think this is the fight of the night. I could see this fight being an absolute war. I think someone gets finished in this fight. Um, I think Jalen Turner's going to get it done late. So Jalen Turner, not go the distance. Jalen Turner, yes, inside the distance inside gets the it distance. done. But it's going to be a great fight. And I never bet against Brad Riddell, but I think I will on this one. Wow. Because right. I think it's good value. Because I think I think Jalen Turner's going to win this fight. And you're going to see his odds go up to, like, he'll be, like, a minus 300 favorite against, like, Dos Anjos. Like, wow. that's who he'd fight next if he beats Brad Riddell. It'd be something like that. Like, he'll be a massive favorite against guys like that. So, really looking forward to that fight. But let's get into the main card. As I said before, absolutely stacked. Former champions up and down. Former champion Robbie Lawler fighting Brian Barberena. He's a minus 120 favorite going into this fight. What do you think about this fight, CY? Um, Lawler's his first fight in, you know, eight months. Since the Diaz fight? Yeah, he fought Diaz in September. Um, he had four losses before that. He's a favorite at minus 120 in this. Um, I think he gets it done against Barberena. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, I don't have much value into Robbie Lawler, but... You know, the styles match up for Lawler, I think, in this fight. Uh, Barbarina's on a two-fight win streak, but Brown bobbled him in that fight. It's a close fight. Yeah. Decision. Yeah. Brown, like, knocked him down. Like, he was out striking him. And I think Lawler's just a better striker. It's going to be a tough fight. You know, like, they're very similar. They're just they're just knock them out, drag them out, guys. Yeah. You know, like... It's going to be who's going to be landing the more damaging, impactful shots. For me, Robbie Lawler, when a guy gets to this point where it's like you're a former champion, it's kind of like, and you know you're not going to be a former champion again, it's kind of just like, where do you go, you know? 
Right. That, that's why it's hard for me to back a guy like Lawler in this spot. Like, and I don't doubt his mindset because he was up in that Nick Diaz fight. Like, he beat the shit out of Nick Diaz. You know, like he looked very good in that fight, but it's like he's just not at that level. Right. So it's like is Brian Barberena that level to beat a guy like Robbie Lawler? You know, and I, I love Robbie, Robbie Lawler. He's one of those guys that. He would, not only was he a champion, he was a good champion, like yeah. active, exciting champion. Like that guy did not get in boring fights. Fight of the year, always. I mean, McDonald, uh, the Condit fight. Like this guy is always that guy. So hopefully he knocks off the pay per view and you know gives us an ever exciting fight. I'm not touching this fight from a betting perspective. If I'm gonna go pick, I'm gonna take Barbarena just because I think I think he can out volume Waller at this point in his career. Fair. I just yeah, I'm not super excited about this fight, but. I'm just going to watch it and yeah. enjoy the first fight on the card. Let's get into your guy, Sugar Sean O'Malley. This is actually the first fight on the main event, I believe. Yeah, but it's more important. So yes. I'm, la- I'm leaving I, it later. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but it's your guy, Sugar Sean O'Malley. He's a minus 280 favorite, fighting number 10. I think it's up 10. to minus 300 now. Is it our, it's keep going. Yeah, it keeps yeah, going. Yeah, it's getting steamed. So you have uh, Pedro Munoz, who's probably like a plus 250 now then. I saw a plus 240 was last night. What do you have, CY? I know you love Sean um, O'Malley. Yeah, I think the big question of this is what does Pedro Munoz have left left in the tank? You know, two fight losing streak, um, but against Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo, like two, two two greats, two greats. You know, how much does he have left though? And you're fighting, for, and then for O'Malley, it's like you you fought one good fighter and you got beat. Marlon Vera beat you, right? Like now you have to play, you have to fight someone who's decent. You know. Yeah. He's finally not. He's not getting thrown to the wolves that we're all calling for for O'Malley, but this is a good test for him. This is for sure a good test for him. Um, he's on a three knockout streak, three fight knockout streak. Um, it is. I think it is the toughest matchup, like I said, since Marlon. Oh Mario. yeah. So, do I love it at minus three hundred? No, um, but I do think if he's going to, no one wants him to win this fight more than Dana White. Oh yeah. Like no one wants him to win this more. Oh, yeah. I think I think O'Malley gets it done. I think it's in, I think O'Malley by decision. I don't think he knocks out Munoz. I think he's too much of a vet to get knocked out. O'Malley by decision is plus one eighty. Right yeah, now. I like that value right there. Earlier. I would I would take that over then over O'Malley. You know, or I take Munoz by sub. Ooh, I like the value there if you're going to go the other way. Interesting. Yeah, for me it's an interesting matchup. Like you said, it's a big step up in competition for Sean O'Malley. Yes, yeah. the Cheeto Vera fight happened, both unranked at the time. Cheeto and Vera, O'Malley, sorry. I kept saying more than Vera. It's, his name's Marlon. Oh, okay. But Cheeto's his nickname. So right. You're you're half right. But anyway, um, but he he snapped his his leg. You know, some say it's from the leg kick, some say pre-existing injury. You know, whatever it is. But it ended up being fine, right? He didn't really snap it. It's not. It was just a really bad sprain, right. Kind of thing or whatever. But anyway, um, Pedro Munoz kicks. He kicks a lot. Yeah. He he throws he throws leg kicks, and Sean O'Malley's a pretty heavy-footed boxer. Like he he. He puts a lot of weight onto his front foot, so look for that to be an X factor for Pedro Munoz. I think he's gonna ch- try to chop that leg down. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Pedro Munoz has a granite chin, as you mentioned before. He does not get knocked yeah. out. The guy has fought Garbrandt. He's fought Aldo. He's fought Dominic Cruz. He's fought J- uh, Jimmy Rivera. Like big power punchers, and no one knocks him out. Like right. I don't know if Sean O'Malley. Like if there's one X factor that Sean O'Malley will have over Pedro Munoz, it will be speed. Sean O'Malley will be... And length. Length, of course. But, like, his speed advantage is going to be a big difference in this fight. O'Malley is an elite boxer. He, he is. Yeah. No, he'll be... He'll, but the thing with O'Malley is he's in and out. He's in. He's going to, you know, hit you with a combo, and then he's out. 
like Pedro Munoz wants to get in a firefight in the pocket and brawl a little yes. bit, O'Malley's yes. not going to let that happen. Like he's going to pick his shots, do a lot of counter striking. Like he's going to let you know Munoz kind of overcommit swing, and then he's going to hit him, and then he's going to get out. What my biggest question in this fight is going to be O'Malley's fight IQ, because we know Pedro Munoz's fight IQ. It's good. Yeah, he's a good fighter. It's a good fighter. Like he's been in this game for as long as he has because he's smart. And we don't know what O'Malley's is. He's just been a better fighter mm-hmm. in these fights that he's won. He's just been dominant, you know. Yeah. Now he's facing a guy who's had some ring time, you know, who's had some success. It's it's going to be interesting. It is. Yeah. But I, I would take O'Malley by decision. I think O'Malley by decision. A lot of people are, like I said, you have the better odds, plus 180, I think I saw for O'Malley by decision. I think it was like plus 160 for O'Malley by t- uh, by knockout. I think decision, not only is it better odds for you, but I also think it's more likely considering it's three rounds. Right. Like I said, Jose Aldo is a bigger power puncher than Sean O'Malley, and he took everything that he had. Right. You know what I mean? And, and O'Malley pieced him up, or uh, Aldo pieced him up pretty well. Like, I don't think O'Malley knocks him out here. I think I think it's a decision. But I do think O'Malley is that guy. He wants to put on the show. He's going to go for it, but I just don't think the chin. I think the chin for uh, Munoz is going to be too much for him. Yeah. All right. Do you still think O'Malley's like top five? Like you think he is like not yet. Do you think he's a, he's gonna be a champion? I think he's gonna be top five. I don't know if he's gonna be a champion. I just the bantamweight division is so loaded. But he's getting better and better. Like no, like I don't doubt that. And like he does have good fight IQ. He has good hands. But and again to Dana White. He hasn't fought anyone that's been a bad matchup for him. Like, even this fight is not a bad matchup for Sean O'Malley. It's a tough yeah. fight, don't get me wrong, but, like, Pedro Munoz is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but he doesn't use it nearly enough as he should. He might sub him this. That's the one thing I think he can get caught within the... But I don't think... But, like, Munoz doesn't even go for submissions. He, he might even, even go he, for takedowns. He could if he's smart. He he has to, I think, in this fight. They stand and bang. He's not going to ba- out-bang. He won't out-bang. Like, he'll lose the decision. Yeah. But, like... I just think the bantamweight the bantamweight division like Sean O'Malley. Think about it. You know, I mean, Aljamain Sterling aside, because you know he is the champion, so give him his respect. But like, Piotr Young would fuck up O'Malley. I think fuck him up. Like Corey Sandhagen and O'Malley. Good fight. I, I take I take Sandhagen. It'd be a good fight. Though. You know, Marab Devashvili would wrestle fuck the shit out of O'Malley. <laughs> yeah, he would. You know what I mean? Jose Aldo. That's a tough fight because Aldo. Speed advantage, power advantage, but also length advantage for O'Malley is pretty pretty high. Yeah. So it's tough. Cheeto Vera, like, if they run that fight back with minus the injury, like, I think Cheeto wins that fight. But the Cheeto loss doesn't seem to be as bad now. No, it's a great loss. I mean, look how fucking good. Cheeto beat the shit out of Rob Font. That's what I mean. What Cheeto's done since that fight. Cheeto's fucking good. He's, like, when, when I, like... When he lost to him, I was like, that's a bad loss for O'Malley. And no, then look, I knew Cheeto would be good. And then Cheeto ends up fucking starting to blow up a little bit now. So it's like... Well, it's like when... And then... We didn't even, Song Yudong, another guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Cheeto lost to Song Yudong a couple years ago. And it's like, look how good that fight ended. Don't you love saying that name? Song Yudong. It's <laughs> yeah. a great name. It's a great name. That guy is a fucking dude. Yeah. But anyway, so like, I just named like eight guys in Bantamweight. Yeah. I like, agree. The division is stupid stacked. Right. Oh, and by the way, TJ Dillashaw is still in the division. Right. Like, yeah. Dominic Cruz. Like, we're talking like the deepest division in the UFC potentially. There's some now. guys, though, they're getting a little bit older in that, you know, O'Malley's a young blood coming up in there. Take out Petrion and, you know. Sandhagen. Yeah. A lot of those other guys are a little bit older. But, like, let me just name, like, six guys, okay? Like, I don't think O'Malley beats Yon, 
Sanhagen, uh, Vera, Devishvili, Sterling. Like, that's five guys right there. No, I like, mean... He is going to have to fucking get what's better. What's tough is to he he's not fighting anyone really yet. But they, we don't know. But Dana White is milking this. But he's, how long? He's squeezing as much juice as he can out of Sean O'Malley until he until he has to fight. It's getting close. Piotr Jan and get his fucking ears boxed in. Like his afro will get fucking red. What's, so say he wins this fight. What's next round? He will fight a very favorable matchup in who? Who would Dana give him that he thinks he'd win? And would Rob Font? Wow. He'd give him Rob Font off, off a two-fight losing streak. He'd win, he'd win that fight, and then he'd be fucked. And then it'd be like, all right, you're fighting Corey Sandhagen now. Yeah. Now, like, now you have to fight. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Now, like, you you're gonna fight a top five. And guy. the thing, like, O'Malley's come out. And I, and I love Rob Font. Oh, yeah. Like, I really like Rob Font. Or you know what? He'd beat Rob Font, and then he'd fight Cheeto Vera, and the winner of that would fight for the belt. That's what would happen. Because mm. they, because him and Cheeto have like underlying beef because of that fight still so like that would be a good play O'Malley's like he said he hasn't run from it it's more Dana giving him these fights he says he wants to fight it's both it's 100% like O'Malley's being very smart he's being smart he understands the game he's gonna make his money he just better not get caught like he needs to fucking just keep winning he needs to keep winning he needs to keep winning that's that's the big thing for sure but and here's the thing O'Malley on every pay-per-view like you got to pay to see this guy fight he's part of these cards you know what i mean right like dana wants that so we'll see fight i'm extremely excited for the fu- the winner of this fight is going to fight for the middle the middleweight belt they've right. already said that you have number four sean strickland fighting out of corona california yep shout out um he's a plus 100 dog now against alex Pereira, who's a minus 120 favorite at the moment unranked alex Pereira, i might add Educate me because okay. I see Strickland by a landslide here. Landslide, huh? Like, why should I not? What should I be scared of in this fight? That before? Alex Pereira is has has literally knocked out Israel Adesanya in a kickboxing match. Right. Like that's that's the whole thing. Like this is why again, this is his third fight in the UFC. Right. This is like. Sean Strickland has is on like a six fight winning streak right now to get to this spot. Right. Like Pereira, they're like saying like we need new blood for Adesanya. You win this, we'll we'll you'll fight him. You know what I mean? Like, and I will say I was very underwhelmed with his first performance. He knocked out uh, Mikhailidis. You know, whatever flying knee. It's what he's supposed to do, right? He fought Bruno Silva. His next fight out, Bruno Silva's good. Like, legitimate hands, big power on the feet. You know, jujitsu, all that. Like, took down Pereira twice, but right back up to his feet. You know what I mean? And that was the test that I wanted to see. Can he get taken down? Is he going to get controlled? You know? Um, but one thing I'll say is that Sean, Sean Strickland is a better wrestler. You know, as far as, like, a true wrestler. Like, he used to be a wrestler. Right. You know, not a lot of jujitsu guys, like, they're not the best at, like, pure takedowns, like, pure wrestling. Sean Strickland is a wrestler. So it's like, can he get on top of Pereira and stay on top of him? Like on the feet, it on the feet it will be very hard for Sean Strickland to win this fight. Like very hard, and he's a good boxer, but Pereira is going to be three inches taller, probably have a reach advantage. I haven't seen. Let me see the reach. Reach advantage. 
three-inch three reach advantage yeah. for uh, Pereira, so he's going to have the reach. So it's going to be hard for Strickland to be in boxing range to fight his fight. So it's going to be a lot of leg kicks out of Pereira. It's going to be a lot of flying shit, you know what I mean? So it's going to be hard for Strickland to win kind of a just straight stand-up decision. No, I think this, and this is why I like Strickland so much, He's, it's going to get dirty. Like, it's going to get nasty. Like, and that's what Strickland likes to do. He likes to get this fight grimy. Like, you know, and see if Pierre, Pierre can handle it. Like, he's going to dirty up this fight. It, yeah. You know, dirty boxing, wrestling. That's what Strickland likes. He's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. And he's looked great. Like, he's looked really good I'm his last give three Sean times. Strickland, out. his, you know, respect and. He's looked really good ever since you know his move up from welterweight to now. And look at the guys Sean Strickland's lost to: Kamaru Usman, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Those yeah. are his losses at welterweight. Like this, this fight again. They're gonna say it's gonna fight for the belt winner. It seems like again like a spot where they want Prayer to win, but it's gonna be a tough fight. Like I've gone back and forth on this fight a couple times in my head because I, again, I saw what Prayer could do as far as like get takedown, shoot back up, you know. If, if Sean Strickland wants to win, which I think he does, like, I know he talks a lot of shit about, you yeah. know, like, fighting, making money, just being an asshole, but, like, I think he wants it, yeah. you know, like, I think he does, like, he's not taking these fights just because, right? like, I think he wants to win, I think he thinks he can win, I, I like this fight, I don't know, it's gonna be, it, I, like, I love this fight, like, it's be I, I want to see this fight, cardio-wise, both guys are gonna have be fine to go for a hard thir- three rounds. Yeah, Strickland can go deep. Strickland can go five, no problem. We know that. For like, Strickland by sub, I'm sure is a really good plus money bet, and I kind of like that. Really, I could see that. Let me see how many subs he has. Do you have the ESPN up right now? Yeah. How many subs do you see on his record right now? I'm just curious. Four, four known subs. Four subs. So, and he hasn't done it in a while since 2014. Holy hell. I actually like Strickland by knockout. No, Cody. I don't, yeah. Pereira's got a, he's got a good chin. Like I said, Bruno Silva's a really good fighter, big, heavy hands. And that was a close fight. He won a decision. Um, I don't know. It's either Strickland by knockout or Strickland but by Strickland decision. Strickland hasn't really knocked anyone out. Like, no, but it's going to be just gonna ground, ground and pound. Like It's oh, going to be really? relentless. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a, one of those, like, not stand, stand on his feet and, you know, yeah. bobble him. It's going to be one of those dirty things, you know, it's a takedown. In the clinch. It's good. Yes, just it's going to be judo throw and yes. then just get on top side control. Yes, that's what it's going to be. Okay, it's going to be that, or it's going to be decision just by pure volume by Strickland. He's fucking hey, relentless. He does have great volume. Yes. He has great volume, but like I'm telling you, like the kicking range and that range is going to be all Pereira. Like that's his element. Yes, he's yeah. a kickboxer. Kickboxer, right? So like I think that's going to be his element, and I think it's going to be hard for or Strickland to kind of close the distance consistently on the feet. Um. I'm going to wait to see how the line plays on this one. If Strickland ends up being a pretty sizable dog, which the money is staying on Pereira, I think I'm going to bet Strickland eventually. Like, okay. once it goes, I like Strickland by sub because I think that's going to be plus 1,000 because he hasn't subbed. But just because he hasn't subbed in a while doesn't mean he won't do it again. Right. That's all I'm going to say. I've seen, watched plenty of UFC fights where these fucking Yuri Prohoshka subbed Glover to share, for Christ's sake. Right. Anything is possible if that shit happened. That was insane. Like... I could see that happening. Otherwise, I think it's prayer decision. All right. I'm fully torqued for that fight. And the winner of that, again, is going to fight for the belt. So I, And I love that's, that. That's going to be a great fight. I love how it's a clear picture, too. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, hey, winner of this is fighting for this. Like, 
no questions asked. Like this is what's happening. This is where the division's going. You know what I mean? No questions. Let's talk about a title fight. Title fight time. You have the third, the trilogy between Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. He's a minus 210 favorite now fighting against Max Holloway, who's a plus 175. Max won the last fight. I know you have a ton of opinions on this fight and the previous fight, CY, so please, let's hear them. Uh, one of the biggest gyps I've ever seen, personally. We talked about UFC judging earlier on this episode. Yeah, one of the one of the biggest gyps I've, I saw personally. Um, yes, I had money on it, so yes, that made <laughs> it worse and a little more biased, but... Um, Fuck, I'm a Max guy. Max is one of my favorite all-time fighters in the UFC. He's a great Hall of Famer. Um, and I like Volkanovski. Like, I'm, I have no problem with Volkanovski. Um, I just don't think he's Max. And I've told you that a bunch of times. Like, you're obviously a little upset because of the fight, which is yeah. fine. But I've told you before, like, don't disrespect Volkanovski, man. Like, it's not his fault, one, right. that, that that's what the judging happened. And two, like, the guy in his own right is a fucking stud. He is. He is. He is. He's number two pound for pound. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's a dude. He's he's for sure a dude tonight. But so is Max. I mean, Max is an all time great. And you take away those two losses, he's been on a unreal streak, just like Volkanovski has. So yeah, uh, for me, like I said, the first two fights were the first fight. Honestly, like pretty clear Volkanovski in my opinion. Like maybe even four to one rounds for wow. Volkanovski. Like, he, he beat him. Like, he definitely did. Like, I remember watching that fight, like, fuck, like, Volkanovski's a dog. And he closes, a, he closed, like, the lines were flipped. Like, Volkanovski was, like, a plus 180 in the first fight, and right. now he's a minus 200, which is crazy to me. Second fight, again, like, you know, neither here nor there what happened. Uh, I think Holloway probably won three to two. Um, but here we are for the third. And what I'll say about this fight is a couple things. One, I think this is probably the best technical like rivalry slash trilogy fight we've ever seen yeah like fair. i can't like poirier mcgregor is good don't get me wrong but like as far as like skill for skill i truly do think the winner of this fight is the best featherweight of all time it's like up there with cormier and jones like, yeah that's that's another one yeah because those guys are both very skilled they you fight know? three times or two times I they fought twice. They fought twice. Either way, like, yeah, like, if you do all the rematches, yeah. though, like, and the thing about this featherweight division is it is so clear-cut, like, one-two. Not even close to the rest. Like, it is one-two, like, and it's hard because, because here's my problem with this division right now, and I'll ask you this question is, let's say Max wins this fight, okay? Let's just say he wins this fight. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, they You make the fourth? They talk, no, you, I think they're done. This is the last one they got to fight, I think. Um, I think... I think Max is at that point of his career where he has a kid. He has a lot of fights under his belt. I think he has the most minutes in the UFC, something like that. Most minutes, most strikes. Yeah, most, like I know strikes. Yeah. So it's like, what else is there left for him once he has the belt? Does he go up and wait? They just, talked about that. Just got married. They talked about. I mean, I don't think there's a lot left for Max after this. I really don't. So how does that affect him in this fight? I, I doesn't because the guy's a true professional. Like he's gonna show up with the same mindset, like to win. Okay. So what's next? I don't know. If, if Volkanovski wins this fight, if Volkanovski wins this fight, Max goes up to one fifty five. Yes. Or retires. I think that's pretty fair. That's what I think happens as well. But, Those are my two options for Max. But if Max wins this fight, 
He's he's the champ at 145 now. What does he do? Uh, maybe go up and fight. Try to get a belt for a super fight. Yeah, against Oliveira. Fuck. Like I don't know. Like Oliveira what? What? Ass. God damn it. What else is there to do? No, that's my point. Is do you make the fourth? Because like, guess what? You yeah. still have Volkanovski, who's clearly the next Bex featherweight, and he's like. Here's the thing: is you talk about mindset. I think honestly, Max Holloway's at a point in his career. He's been in the UFC for ten years already. Yeah. Like the guy came in the UFC when he was twenty years old. I was looking this up the other day. Like the guy has, as you said before, he's got like six title defenses. He's solidified himself as one of the greatest featherweights of all time, if not the arguably. Right. Like he's beaten Jose Aldo twice. Like the guy has done it. You know. So it's it's hard. And like you said before, his son's getting older. You know, right? He he's now married. Like, there's not a lot left for Max to do. So I, whereas I think Volkanovski on the flip side, this is like Volkanovski's like shit. Like, he wants to be a great. Like, he's very much like he wants to be a great. He is great. He's beaten Holloway twice. He's beaten Jose Aldo. Like, Volkanovski came up with like visualizing Max Holloway as the champion, like a dominant champion, saying like. I want to fucking beat him. You know what I mean? Like he's had yeah. that mentality forever, and I think he still has that edge. If this, if he wins this fight, he'll he beat Jose Aldo and Max Holloway three fucking. He solidifies times. his legacy, and potentially locks in a Hall of Famer. Oh, Volkanovski already is a Hall of Famer. You think so? He's already like sealed that. Oh, he's yeah. I mean, he's, his numbers. His I mean, he's undefeated. To this point, I mean, this he's solidifies Aldo. his he's legacy beaten for sure. Green Zombie Ortega, he's beaten Holloway twice already. He'll yeah. beat him a third if this happens. Like, the, the, I mean, the Holloway thing though, if like this will solidify him being possibly like I don't, I don't know. Like this is this is huge for his legacy. I it's think. huge for both. It is, but I think I just think Volkanovski kind of wants it more. Chance to be the best way. featherweight of all time. Yeah, like. I don't know. Like I, that's just kind of how I feel. Like, I don't think Max. Like, who do you got? Pick the fight. So here's what I think about the fight. These guys are both so goddamn good. Like Max Holloway, if you watch his last two fights, Cater and Rodriguez, right? The Cater. You're not. <laughs> I can't even talk. The Cater fight. Yeah, no, he beat Cater pretty sound, and the way that Max fought those fights was like. I'm so good, I'm just going to outstrike these fucking guys, collect my paycheck, and go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I felt watching those fights. Like, I'm better. I'm going to beat the fuck out of these guys and move on. And, and that's kind of Volkanovski in the same way. Like, he was better than Ortega mostly everywhere, minus the two chokes. that. And that was a phenomenal fight. That was such a good goddamn fight. But Volkanovski, like, he still won four rounds. You know what I mean? Like... He's that good, right. you know, and, and then he beat the shit out of the Korean zombie. You know what I mean? That was a sparring match for him. Like, but when these guys fight, they have to, like, game plan against each other to, like, the nth degree because they're both that level. Right, You right. know what I mean? Like, they fight they fight differently than they do against everyone else when they fight each other. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's so impressive when you watch these guys fight. Like, I think, honestly, I think Volkanovski in this matchup is going to wrestle more. Than he has before in a long time. Interesting. Like, he didn't even wrestle that much in the Vol- in their in their first two fights. No, but he did at the end when he needed to. You know what I mean? To solidify rounds in the fourth and fifth. Like I think he's gonna do that a lot more in this one. I think that to me could be the X factor in this fight. So you think he wins? 
from a betting perspective, I'm not betting that minus 210. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to take the over. The over is a lock, but I'm sure it's juiced to all hell. Um, Depending on if Volkanovski by decision, but even Volkanovski by decision is going to be like minus 150. Like, it's not going to be... It's not gonna be enough for me. This to me, like, I don't know. I have this weird feeling, like it can just be an outlier, like second round knockout, like just so here, send a thing into the fucking head. Like, so here's the interesting part: Max Holloway, granite chin. We know that never been knocked down in UFC history. It's a it's a fucking record. Most <laughs> yeah, strikes, no, most yeah. strikes absorbed without being knocked down. But that doesn't mean he can never be knocked out. You know, that's what I'll say. And fuck that, flip it around. No, but I was gonna say, and Volkanovski. He Max knocked him down twice in the second yeah. fight in the end of the first and second. Chad Mendez knocked him down. Like he's he is incredibly well rounded and and to be honest, he maybe doesn't have a weakness in a lot of ways. Like he is the number two pound for pound fighter for a reason. But like if there's one weakness we've seen is like you know Chad Mendez knocked him down. Max has knocked him down twice. Like if there's a way to beat him, like I think you have to put him the fuck out. And I think you can, but. Max isn't like a fucking number one power puncher. No, and he doesn't. Problem. He doesn't fucking knock guys out. Like he, he just volumes. He volumes your face in, and he, he like volumes so you can't breathe because your fucking nose is split in four. They have to call fights because he just. Well, he did that to Ortega. He literally did that to Ortega. Was that the is that Ortega? Is that the Ortega yes, fight? He, they had to call it on the stool because Ortega couldn't see. <laughs> but they, who did he? They not call it against Cater. Well, Cater, that was a Cater yeah. one. Yeah, that's one thing. Enough. The Cater one was like they should have called it. They should have called it. Yeah. So much respect for Cater after Cater's that. Cater's my guy. Yeah, but give me fucking Max one seventy five. Fuck, give me that. Well, yeah, one seventy five, and you know decisions will be like two hundred, especially because you know this fight is going to be close. Like, if you think a fight's going to be close decision with UFC judges nowadays, like, you bet the dog. Yeah. This is a dog or pass situation, guys. Like, dog by decision, plus 200. Like, it's great value. It's Max fucking Holloway at plus 200. Like. Give me Max. That's 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 the value. My pick, I think, ultimately, I think Volkanovski's going to get it done with oh, the wrestling. That hurts. That hurts. But I th- I, I'm going to bet. I'm not act- but, like, I think it's going to be that close. I really do. Give me Max. I, I And I hope he does. Hope he does. All right, headed down into the main event. You have the champion, Israel Adesanya, who I think the line even moved to 470. Yes. I had it 420 yesterday when I did this agenda. Now it's 470. Good God. And then against uh, number two, or maybe even number three in the division right now, Jared Cannonier, plus 360. Now, this is like Adesanya. I would say his last test, but you also have Pereira and Strickland kind of in the wings. But, like... This is him clearing out the division. You know, someone he yeah. hasn't fought before gives him a new test. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, Izzy will be in all my parlays. It's, I mean, Stylebender. I get Stylebender's one of my guys. Like, anytime he fights, I watch. Um, I'm really upset that Izzy actually went up in weight and, and took that fight and lost that fight to Blankowitz. I think it hurt his legacy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it did. It did because he was arguably one of the pound for pound best guys. Well, he's still like three. It's not like I know, but like, like he was like, it was like neck and neck for one. Him and Usman. Yes. Yeah. Like a long time that argument was. So, regardless, so like respect. You know, you go up and fucking take a fight. You can't be mad at the guy. No. But I, style bender is just a different level. You like think this is pretty easy. For there's him levels here. to this shit. Yeah. There's levels to this shit. Cannonier, don't get me wrong. You know, good fighter. Just. It's just not. He's just not good enough. Not good enough athlete. That's what yeah, it comes down to. It's a decent point. 
I, I respect the hell out of Cannoneer. Yeah, how can you not? Like, everything about him. The fact that he came from Alaska FC, which is, like, supposed to be, like, a trash organization. And the guy was a heavyweight in the UFC. Starts as a heavyweight, goes down to light heavyweight. Finds out that, you know, if I want to do this for real, I need to even go even lower. Right. Goes to middleweight. And he's found his home. And, like, the guy has completely transformed his body. I mean, we're talking about a guy that, like, has really put in his dues. Like, look at, look at his last five fights. He has one loss. Yeah. And it's Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker is the next best fighter. I mean, and he's not walking through, like, you know. No, there's no slouches. He knocked out, what, Hermanson. He beat. Uh, uh, he knocked out Anderson knocked Silva. Out Brunson, and he knocked out Silva. Yeah. Like, these aren't. These he, aren't. He nobody. beat Gastelum in decision. Like, that was a great fight, too. Yeah. Like, Jared Cannonier, and I give him a lot more respect because. Like, the Gastelum fight, like, I thought Gastelum was going to get it done. Like, better hands, a little quicker. But, like, Cannoneer, like, the physicality of him and the counterboxing and just just everything about him was really good. And he came back in that Brunson fight because Brunson had him wobbled pretty hard in the first round and out-wrestled him. And then Cannoneer just unleashed it and knocked him the fuck out. Like, I like Cannoneer a lot. This is going to be one of those fights in 20 years where he's going to tell his grandkids, I fought Israel Israel Adesanya. In a, in a title fight. Is he going to say he beat him or was it close <laughs> no. or no? Yeah, he goes. We'll see. I, I mean. I won a round. But yeah, I got hopefully, knocked, yeah. I knocked down the floor. I got knocked down the floor. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, I think this is a pretty clear easy, easy yeah. win here, unfortunately. Like, I like Cannoneer. I think he can offer, you know, a interesting fight in the sense that, like, he has that one-shot power. Like, he could knock out Izzy clean, but a lot of people have said that and no one's done it yet. You know, like. Israel right. Adesanya has a really good chin. Like, it's something we don't talk about is, like, he's fought Yoel Romero. You know what I mean? He's fought Robert Wood, guys that can knock people out pretty easily. Right. And he hasn't been knocked out. So, like, why, you know, I'm not saying he could never will be. Right. But I don't think Jared Kennedy is going to be able to. Like, I just don't. He's not that guy. I don't think. Like, it's hard because we just talked about the featherweight division, and I see middleweight as pretty clearly the same as featherweight. It's like you've got Izzy and Robert Whitaker. Yeah, it's it, yeah, like Whitaker won two rounds in their last fight, arguably three, and it's like that's another fight where it's like it's two zero to the champ, but like I think you make it a third again, unless again, Pereira Strickland, which is going to happen. So we have to be optimistic, thinking that one of them is going to do it. I honestly think that this this fight it's going to be an amazing card, like potentially like knockout, 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 all the way up to this fight. And then I think it's going to be a 50-45 slow Izzy decision. Like, could be very boring. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I would love to see Strickland against fight Izzy get that shot. That'd be sweet. That'd but be sweet. Put on for the city. Put on. I mean, I'd love to see it. I just don't know if even Strickland can. Like, it's, it's Whitaker. It's Usman that comes up. I don't even know who else. No. Let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up. What do, you, what do you got left on this card? Are you going to be able to watch this card? Uh, I might miss the first fight. Where are you going to end up watching it? I don't know. I don't know. So Ooh. I'm going to try to find somewhere out there. And I, I'm going to find. Out. I'm going to find a way. If I have to watch it on my phone, I'll watch it on my you phone. Better figure it out. So I, I can't. I'm going to be locked in on this fight. This is this is a great card. There's a lot of good bets to be made. So Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. Salute to service for sure. So, all right, we'll be back. We're gonna. Have not go every week, like as we mentioned, but um, I definitely want to recap this fight after this weekend. We're going to have a lot to talk about, see what's next for all these guys. And NFL training camp coming soon, college football coming soon. So thanks for tuning in. We're out.